The destruction of the Death Star was a major victory for the Rebellion. But our battle isn't over yet. Darth Vader and the evil forces of the Emperor keep a stranglehold over the galaxy. But the Rebel Alliance must and will succeed in forever ridding the galaxy of their scourge. Even now, in our secret underground base on the ice planet Hoth, new strategies are being planned. See for yourself in The Empire Strikes Back. The Empire Strikes Back comes to a theater near you on May the 21st, 1980. Call next month for new message. Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, brought to you by StarWarsDaily.com. The Force will be with you, always. Frontlines fans, we are back with our 50th anniversary show, if you want to call it an anniversary or whatever. We, I don't know how we want to call this, Mike, but this is our 50th show, and we have some big guests joining us today. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, C5, but uh, Mike, why don't you introduce our special guests today? Hey everybody, it's Mike here, uh, and we have two special guests with us today. These guys were my, uh, they were my co-pilots during C5 uh, that I spent the weekend with. Uh, first we got, uh, returning to the podcast, uh, for, for I think this is your third time around, right Steve? I don't, I lose count on all these things. <laughs> I think this is your, you haven't been on since season one, so it's been a while. It's been a while, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. So welcome back, and uh, and also returning, we've got uh, who was on the not the most recent episode because that was nobody talking but Clone Wars people. Yeah. But the one before that, James was on. So. JC. Hey, what's going on, guys? JC from NH. NH. Nice. <laughs> and we got Big Hong and New Steve. Hampshire. Looking forward to this nice. show, and you know what? JC kind of took my spot at C5, and hopefully he was up to the challenge. Mike, what do you think? Yes. Good. Excellent. (laughs) Excellent. Now, I'm going to be, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like Sesame Street. It's one of these guys is not like the other, you know, because I. Oh, is that a fat joke? (laughs) No, no. It is because. It is because (laughs) I was not able to go to C5, but you guys were there representing. Mike and uh, JC representing front lines, and Steve just representing everything there. 
Um, That's right. I represented everything. Everything. I was like, my name is Steve, and I'm a representative <laughs> of everything. You know, I, I think I saw you uh, some pictures of you on the Forecast, but uh, were you on that show too? I was. Oh, yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, but yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Let me, Five. Mike, real quick. Let me just say, Matt, um, I wasn't on that show. I owned that show. Uh, when they finally decided to bring me in to close out their live coverage of Celebration 5, I, I own that show. Okay, I will have so, to listen to that then. I haven't got a chance to, to, to check that out, but now I might just let you guys go and I might go listen to that now. Is that? Oh, well, we got a couple hours. <laughs> You're going to stop recording <laughs> Frontlines to go listen to the Force cast. Oh, that's sacrilege, man. Wow. We can't do that. That... that. We can't do that. That digs deep. That kind of hurts a little. No, bit. we will never do that. Especially, Mike, especially after the, uh, especially after the knife fight that Cohen had with uh, Jason Swank of the Force Cast. Ooh, whoa! Those guys got out and rumbled a little bit. It was scary. Was this like an Anchorman type fight? All oh, the podcasters yeah, that, in the middle. JC had a harpoon. <laughs> Who had the he trident? Who had the trident? JC had a trident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> JC killed a guy. That escalated quick. <laughs> that escalated real quick. <laughs> hey, you might have to lay low for a while. That's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm back in your building. Oh man. Well, no, in truth, in in truth, it was it was cool to actually meet the guys from the Forest Cast because I've been listening to it uh, for years since before I started podcasting. So uh, it was one of the first podcasts that I ever picked up. So so it was cool. To, to meet some of those guys yeah. and uh, and that they knew who I was Jason Jason kind of had a had a oh you're that guy with the great URL like that that was that's I'm infamous, that was a I quote guess. that's a quote from Jason yeah Swing. yeah was it really yeah, yeah. Yep. about the yeah, front lines we've got the, yeah because we got Clone Wars podcast oh, and cool. I guess yeah. I guess we we snuck it out from under everybody else who was looking for it you know well Mike yeah. you you know you were the the first podcast that uh, kind of has the Clone Wars by itself, right? I mean, yeah. you were doing this back in 08 when the movie was just not even out yet. So I think you have the the title. So <laughs> I think it's all, everybody knows it. Frontlines. And you were on the, uh, the, the panel, the Clone Wars panel. You got in a question at the very end. So that was kind of yes, nice. Yes, yeah, in the, the front lines. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I'm trying to figure out where we should start about C5. Um, should we start with like the big news and work our way down, or work by the days of the week? I, uh, you know what? Let's talk about something a little bit personal first before okay. we get into C5 stuff. Uh, okay, just so everybody knows, because I was told that I should make an announcement on the podcast um, rather than just let people find it through the Facebook page and everything. We have forums again. Yes. And if, if you head to forum.starwarsdaily.com, you can sign up and you will find all of us there on the forums. Uh, some of us more frequently than others. But, uh, but yeah, everybody's heading over there. We've already got a pretty good conversation or two going on. Yes. Uh, over yes. on the new forum. So if you haven't signed up yet, uh, head over to forum.starwarsdaily.com and, uh, and and keep your eyes peeled for StarWarsDaily.com actually becoming a website soon. It's it's taken me a while to to get to it, but I should be able to get the site up and running pretty quick here. Yeah, yeah, we got some moderators that already jumped on board. 
and hopefully we can keep the forms, uh, you know, uh, to, to quote Steve Gloss and Big Honk and keep them safe and uh, we're going to do our best. So we'll see how it goes, you know, keep them Indeed, safe and fun. Yeah. So, uh, so now that that's out of the way, we can we can get into the C five stuff. I, I I figure we we should probably talk talk about the the big news first. Okay. Which, well, uh, what is your big news? Because there could be a couple things there. I mean, <laughs> this was this was the first celebration where there's not like a big movie coming out. Yeah. Uh, no movies actually, and then uh, with the live action show being on hold, uh, Clone Wars took a big front seat to this, but. Um, I'm guessing you're going to talk about the Blu-rays. Yes, the okay. Blu-rays has has probably got to be like the one of the biggest things for uh, yeah. for Star Wars fans and uh, and and myself, JC, and Steve, we were all in the uh, in the room during the main event for that reveal uh, of of the Blu-rays uh, in 2011, and uh, and to see that awesome awesome deleted scene introduced by Mark Hamill, uh, it was. It was unbelievable. So uh, I'm not going to hog it. Uh, who wants to? Who wants to talk about it first? Go for it, JC. I didn't really hear the. You broke up a little bit there. So what was that? Uh, we're Sorry. talking about the the Blu-ray. Yes. The, the, the Blu-ray. Blu-ray and yeah, and the and the scene with Luke, the deleted oh. scene that we see. That scene, like it, as soon as they're tinkering with it, and then as soon as that green lightsaber blade comes came out the whole place went nuts which was awesome yeah you know, you know? and i don't know should i go ahead and just describe the scene or has everybody seen it or what should i do here well i you bet know, you I, all our fans have seen it because i was i saw it just probably minutes after that thing aired okay. because someone had jumped on youtube and threw it up there so uh it wasn't but, us cause we were being good <laughs> i know <laughs> We were talking during the celebration about letting some of the stuff out through Skype, and and Mike sort of got cold feet about a few things. But but uh, you'd rather not. Hey, want let's to not call though. it, man. Let's not call it cold feet. Let's call it. Mike was trying to respect the wishes of the people who was get, who were giving us a, a ton because, um, you know, no, that's right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Especially with the Clone Wars crew. I mean, those folks gave the fans at celebration a ton. Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as their time and spending time and signing autographs and and taking a few moments to chat here and there, so uh, let's not say Michael got cold feet on the air. Now off the air, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, because he he had that thing ready to go up, and he goes, you know what? I got a ticket here. I, I got in through press press pass through Lucasfilm. It's like I got. We don't want to do that, and and I kind of agree with him after thinking about it. It's just like you know what, it's we know what it we you guys saw it, so it's cool. And yeah, speaking of I, this, you know, go ahead, go ahead. I, I knew somebody was gonna post it. The the, the clip that we're yeah. talking about in question here was the uh, the commandos clip, and uh, and you know what, like I'll I'll probably put it up soon now that you know it's kind of all over the web and there's three or four versions of it. Because I think that we might have gotten a better, uh, <laughs> a better video of it than a lot of people. Yeah. So I, uh, so we might throw that up there. But if you go to StarWars.com, you can see at least like the the beginning of that clip uh, in the trailer. So you can see the commandos, and that's in, you know, high fidelity quality and everything. And I, 
I, I get the feeling I'm fairly sure that that's going to be in, in one of the first few episodes. It'll probably be on premiere night that we get to see those guys. Yeah. So um, it's not really that far off. I mean, we have, as of this recording, less than a month to go before this the season premieres. So, uh, right, yeah, definitely. Now, so, yeah. Steve, speaking of, well, we kind of a little bit off topic, but we'll go back to the Blu-rays, the scene, the deleted scene. I'm really excited about that. Now, did you guys get hear anything about, I know there was some controversy whether, not controversy, but is that actually Mark Hamill in that scene? Because I know someone said in 2009, he said, no, he never filmed a scene like that. But then he introduced it saying, here's my scene. So there was kind of a, through the internets and webs, people were asking, well, is that really him in that scene? I don't well, know if you guys, you, go ahead. If, you, if you'll go back, and I think it's still up and available at places on YouTube and that sort of thing. If you'll go back and look at the scene, you can see that chin. Yeah. And you know it's Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, uh, basically what he said is he had no recollection of, of recording the scene. In fact, he watched the scene on a golf cart. From the way on the way from his signing booth to uh, the stage for the main event, and um, that was the first time he'd seen it since he filmed it back in uh, 82, 81, 82 kind of thing. And so, um, so you know, obviously, if it didn't get used in the movie, it wasn't. I mean, we've never seen production stills. We've never seen, um, you know, it's never been in a book. It's not like the big scene from A New Hope, and so. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is something that you know you film so much that it's easy to kind of lose track of uh, of of what you did, and you know, oh, this was in the script and we never filmed it, or this was so. You yeah. know, he it's a thing where he says, you know, I had no recollection until I saw it, and and it's interesting. He said until I saw the cave and I saw the droids, then I remembered the day of, and he began to talk about some specific directions he was given sitting there, you know, as far as looking up and kind of getting back to his work and that sort of thing. So. It was a real cool scene, and uh, and that's definitely Hamill there. You see the chin, and you know it's him. Yeah. yeah, that was a. I'm really excited about that, and what else they might put in as far as deleted scenes. Um, we still have a lot to learn about what's going to happen with these with these Blu-rays. Whether I don't know if they mentioned anything about will this be inserted into the movie or is this just a deleted scene? Did you guys hear anything about that? He, he kind of, George kind of mentioned that, that these would be deleted scenes that would be special features. Okay. Um, and that, that this stuff wouldn't really be reinserted. That said, it's probably only a matter of time before a fan gets a hold of this stuff, throws it on a computer, and, uh, and, and does a fan edit with, yeah. with the deleted scenes added back into these movies. Because we've never had access to these deleted scenes before, especially not finished versions of deleted scenes from the original trilogy, and that clip in in the cave is a completed scene. Like that, it feels like it probably goes on a second longer than what we see, than, than what right. we're given a glimpse right. of. It looks like like it, it will, the full clip might end with him actually opening up R2's dome and putting the lightsaber in. But then again, it may also have been intended to, to do a screen wipe into the next scene, so. Right. Um, so you never know, but but I I'm pretty sure. I mean, with with all the the fan editors out there, and with that becoming really popular now, yeah. with like Star Wars Revisited and Empire Revisited coming out later this year, um, someone will get around to doing that, to adding that stuff in. But I mean, when when Mark introduced it, he introduced it and and sort of had this 
this attitude that like had this been in the movie it may have completely changed your your opinion of the Luke Skywalker character for the first half of the film or even like right up until the end when he finally makes a a decision um whether or not he's going to fall to the dark side or or be a Jedi um and and really upon watching it multiple times uh that first time I think we were all kind of just so blown away you know and in the moment that we didn't really get to analyze it very deeply but after watching it at home on YouTube and that sort of thing um when when you first see that hooded figure it takes a second at least for me to register that it's Luke because yes just the way that the shadows fall on his face and how it's just the nose and the chin it's very reminiscent of Sidious from the prequel trilogy right. and because now we have the whole the the prequels in our heads as well as the classic trilogy and this is a new clip and we've never seen it before it just it really messes with my head and and you do sort of get a more ominous foreboding feeling of, about Luke. And then if, if you remember, the next scene where we see him is where he's just, you know, busting into Jabba's palace and choking some Gamorrean guards. And, and he's force choking them like Vader would. And you would think like, wow, this guy's gotten really dark since his dad was like, hey, how's it going? you know so yeah right right so it it is the sort of thing that that could have totally changed your perception of the of of the third film but uh but yeah i'm i'm excited to see stuff that you know like more stuff like that that we haven't seen and that's what when people have been saying you know what were you most excited about or what are you going to be in line for and that sort of thing at c5 uh my my go-to was I, I can't tell you what I'm the most excited for because I'm most excited for the things that we have no idea we're going to get to see yet. And, right. and I was right. Like, that was probably the most exciting moment. I mean, having, having George in the same room as us to begin with was unbelievable. And then to have uh, him bring out Mark Hamill and then Carrie Fisher as well, I mean, and, and to have seen this clip that nobody's ever seen before... Uh, including Mark Hamill, who had only seen it, you know, five minutes previous. Uh, it was, it was definitely the highlight of the weekend. So, yeah, you know, I saw the clip through YouTube, and like you said, Mike, it's even th- through YouTube, it was even harder to to distinguish what was going on. Like you said, the first time you see, like, wait, wait, what, what is this? And then you see the green lightsaber light up, and you go, oh wait, that's Luke. And then you see C three PO in the distance, but. I have to agree with you, and Steve and JC, uh, maybe I can get your thoughts on this on this clip, is I think it just flows perfectly with the movie because he, he kind of, I don't know, it's almost like he's got that dark, the dark clothing, and like Mike said, it, with the force choke in the beginning, it kind of just all fits together, um, him tinkering with the lightsaber and uh, almost that darkness to him. Uh, what do you guys think about that scene? Are you excited to, to see that? I mean, does it does that bother you? That scene at all? Anything about it? JC, you've been silent. Well, I have to say that it does really flow right into the next scene where you actually get to see Luke doing the force choke thing, mm-hmm. and they really, you know, if they edited it back into the movie, I'd be fine with that. Even in the lead scenes, it'd be fine, you know. But just seeing it, it really does add that whole new perspective of what's going on with Luke here you know it's like well, what's he up to you know if you're in the 
mindset of the original trilogy and the prequels all mixed together. So it is a little, a little crazy to see it together. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, I don't know that it flows with the movie. There's something about the hallway that Vader's walking down, getting to his breathing chamber, and the way it's cut from him mm-hmm. walking down the hallway into the breathing chamber, and and the way that he's, you know, calling out for Luke and that sort of thing. It just, I'm, I was sitting there watching. I'm like, it's a cool scene to see. I really think that's awesome, but I can totally see why they cut it out. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and and the thing is, is is one of the neat things Mark Hamill has said, and he, I think he said it at this panel at, at Celebration Five, and uh, and and maybe even that day on the on the stage with Lucas, is that when he first saw the wardrobe, he'd be wearing the dark clothes, and he knew he had the mechanical hand and everything. You know, he thought that Jedi was going to be all about his fall to the dark side, mm-hmm. um, which is what they ended, up, which is what his father did. And he didn't realize how much, you know, of, of course at that time didn't realize how much his his slide to the, to to doing what he would do would kind of mirror what Anakin did. Only Anakin went all the way. Um, you know, I, I think that him walking in ominously to Jabba's palace and uh, and choking or doing whatever he does to the Gamorrean guards is kind of ominous enough. Um, you know, I like the tension of, from a movie standpoint, if you read the novel, then you know that R2's got something, but if you, uh, but, but from the, uh, from the standpoint of the movie, I like the tension of how in the world they're going to get out of this when they get to the Sarlacc. Mm-hmm. And then R2 rolls up there and, and opens this little dome and there, and you know, there's the lightsaber ready to pop out. So I, it's one of those things I totally see why it was cut. Um, but it is so very cool to see. Yeah, you know, and this is this is kind of what excites me about the Blu-rays. There are all these moments that that seemed really cool and and didn't work for time or or a, or a, you know the the thing about editing is is you feel it. You know, a lot of times with editing, there's there's not a there's not a you can write a handbook on how to edit a movie, but nine times out of ten, and I've heard so many different film editors say this, it's just kind of how it feels best. And and I think to try to shove that scene back in there, there'd have to be some real finagling to make it feel okay, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, so I'm perfectly happy with being a special feature. And it was so, that, understand, totally cool to see, an amazing thing to look at and behold. But, uh, but at the yeah. end of the day, totally understand the choice to cut that scene. Yeah, I think, I think maybe, you know, that scene where, like you said, where R2 comes up and, and you see his door is a little hatch open and here comes the lightsaber. But they maybe want to preserve a little bit of surprise and then you can kind of piece it all piece it all together and go, oh wait a minute, Luke sent them first. He he gave him a lightsaber just in case something were to happen. He's got a lightsaber to to throw at him. So maybe that little bit of surprise factor. But um, I couldn't see as well. You just talked about Vader, Steve. Was in the in the clip. It's hard to tell, but is is Luke actually hearing Vader when he's talking to him through the Force? I mean, does his head move or anything? It's really hard to tell. Yeah, it looks like it. It looks like, like he's when kind you, of okay. Yeah. yeah, he kind of jerks his head up like I've I've been hearing this, and then he has to kind of shake himself out of having heard that. Okay. And I like the idea that you know, since we left Empire, that Vader has been, you know, stretching out with the Force, trying to find Luke that way, mm-hmm. and and reach out to him. You know, at any moment that Vader gets, you know, that's what he's spending his time in his meditation chamber doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But at the same time, like again, it's just one of those things that. It, that part of the story, that little subplot, had nowhere to go. The rest of the story, right. you know. Um, so, yeah. So, Blu-ray's coming. You know, I kind of, I was kind of hoping that he was going to say, 
coming this you know Christmas until he said uh, not this year. But uh, you know we got a, another year to wait. But uh, I'm looking forward to to seeing it. And did I don't know. I guess there's really not much out there as far as technical stuff. And is it going to be uh, digital Yoda in Episode One? Was there yeah, any kind of- that is that is uh, that's not something that was confirmed at Celebration Five, okay. but it's something that's been all but confirmed by everything else we've seen, mm-hmm. uh, from the Star Wars in concert to some various quotes and that sort of thing I've heard out of different interviews and that sort of thing. That that from here on out we'll never we're never going to see uh, crazy googly eyed puppet Yoda yeah. in uh, in Episode One again. That it's going to be the digital yeah. the digital reconstruction it looks more along the lines of what we all know and love. You know, it's funny that Lucas gets and all Lucasfilm gets so much flack for the prequels and how they used digital everything. And then it's funny to see that the one puppet they use, everybody wants that that puppet replaced with digital. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, he can't win for losing sometimes with people, you know. But uh, I'm glad to see that uh, they're going to replace that because that digital Yoda in, in 2 and 3 was just excellent. They knocked it out of the park with that, so... I'm looking forward to seeing that. Was there any other news as far as the Blu-rays, just that it's coming out in sometime next year in the fourth quarter sometime? I, th- I think really we just heard that, yeah, it's it's going to be uh, fall 2011 when we okay. get it. And uh, and that they're they're really just working right now on special features and, and adding in things to make it worth it, to make it worth doing, which – which I can really appreciate, and and it sort of flies in the face of what what you know the Star Wars haters want to say, which is that oh George Lucas just wants he just wants your money. He's just yeah. going to put out more editions of this, you know, just so that he can get your cash. And it's it's like well that's clearly not the case because if it were the case, he would have just put the movies out on Blu-ray. They've had high def versions of them for ever because uh, there was you could you could see you know, high-def stuff in, in video games when they show clips and stuff like that from old movies, like from, from the, the classic trilogy. And you could tell they'd clearly already transferred this stuff to high definition a long time ago. More than likely, they've had digital copies of it since they did the special edition. And it just wasn't home technology to have high definition yet, you know? So, like, he yeah. could have put these yeah. out at any time. Mm-hmm. It's just, I really think that for the last year since high def has become a standard and since he's looked at it and gone okay blu-ray is is the definitive winner it's the way that we're going to go now let's start working on it let's put together special features that these people have never seen before let's give them some content that they've never gotten and and all of that sort of thing so i think that's really the only reason why we have to wait so long is that now he's just he's just like let's let's make it worth their while to throw down a few hundred dollars because it like if it's if it's six blu-rays in one set which i'm i'm sure they'll do one full box set yeah. of all six movies uh, all six live action movies i should say um then it's gonna be at least a uh, hundred and fifty if not closer to two hundred dollars for that set of blu-rays i mean it's it's a lot of content it is a lot and, yeah. uh, and i'm sure that every one of us will be willing to uh <coughs> save our shekels and uh, and pick that up so oh yeah yeah if you don't have a blu-ray player yet keep your eyes open but don't get a cheap one you don't want to get a cheap blu-ray player to watch this <laughs> you yeah. want to get 
top of the line, yeah. high quality. You know, I got the Blu-ray. Now I got to work on the surround sound system. Well, wait a minute. You got to get the TV first. Ah, whatever. I like my standard def TV. It's Man, he still uses standard def, guys. I, I don't know what to do. I'm thinking it's about like, sending him a TV myself. I don't it's know. It's like standard and a half. It's a really, <laughs> really nice standard def TV. It's technically not standard. Okay. So, um, anyways. So what about... So, uh, what, what about the main? What about the main event, though? What did you guys think of the main event? Uh, not a, a ton of of news that came out of the main I, event. Uh, what would you think I, of it? Go ahead, JC. What would you think of the main event? Yeah. Well, I thought it was great, the John Stewart thing, and uh, it was just there was so much stuff going on in it that a lot of people kind of blew right over the. Uh, the clip that we got from the Clone Wars with, with George. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's focusing on the Blu-rays and, and the Luke scene, but we're, we skipped right over the the whole family on the Clone Wars, which is, you know, kind of what this podcast is about. And I was focusing on that for quite a bit when mm-hmm. I was watching and paying attention. I was looking over at Mike, seeing if he was watching it and getting the whole feel, and I was like, hmm, what are we going to talk about here when we get to this? Mm-hmm. I was definitely watching If If anybody's unfamiliar... Uh, there was a clip that we were shown of Baron Papanoida and uh, and his family, which is uh, is the characters that uh, George Lucas and his uh, and his children played in uh, Episode Three. So we got to see all of them. We got to see a, a, a two pistol pack in Baron Papanoida <laughs> kicking butt and taking names, and and uh, like it, it was. It was pretty amazing. It was pretty impressive uh, footage. Uh, all of the footage that we saw from the Clone Wars. I mean, we also, uh, at that point, got, got our reveal of Savage Opress, who is uh, who may or may not be Darth Maul's brother. I think that we've sort of gotten confirmation that that, that is the case, that he is Darth Maul's brother. But uh, there's still a little bit of speculation out there because Dave Filoni kind of... He's trying to smokescreen us a little bit on it, I think. Um, so really? some of the panels the next day on Sunday, he was kind of like, yeah, I don't know what George was talking about. That's kind of ridiculous. But then in another panel was like, yeah, so he called him Darth Maul's brother. And I guess that's that, the cat's out of the bag on that one. But uh, but he could be wrong. And it was kind of like, you know, we're, we're kind of still up in the air on that. But um, You think Lucas, like, let it let the ball drop there? Like, they were trying to oh, – Filoni wanted Lucas, to keep it secret, but – Lucas was given a whole bunch of scripted bits to do, and he pretty much sat up there and said, I don't do scripted bits, you guys. <laughs> I'm George Lucas. Yeah. And he just, because like when, with the Blu-ray announcement, uh, John Stewart sort of did the lead up to it, you know, he did the segue and the intro and he set him up. And then George was like, I don't know what you're looking for here. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, you mean the Blu-ray? And then everybody was kind of, it was like, we weren't sure if we were supposed to be excited or not. We were kind of like, kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, is he serious? And then he was like, yeah, the Blu-rays. And then everybody started cheering, and it was like, clearly he was supposed to do a whole bit, and he was just kind of like, I, well, I think dude. I don't need to do it, this. Yeah, Maybe. I think the I think him kind of going off script was apparent when they brought out the uh, the the figure for John Stewart, the yeah, Stu yeah, John. Are we doing the thing now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Wait, we do it R two now. Come on. Uh, I don't. Uh, are there supposed to be some music or something? Um, <laughs> you know. I, 
but um, you know, I thought it was cool as far as the main event goes that that John Stewart, and you know he you know he's John Stewart and he does a lot of stuff with his tongue in his cheek, but he asks some pretty geeky questions. Oh yeah. Um, you know, uh, one of my favorites was, um, so Luke Skywalker uh, blows up the Death Star. And, you know, he's been trying to hide on Tatooine all these years from his father, whose last name was also Skywalker. <laughs> um, yeah. Couldn't it be like Luke Smith, you know, or something like that? <laughs> and uh, yeah. and George's, George's answer was great. He's like, well, you know, Skywalker is a common name. You only know one, but you haven't seen the phone book. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. you know, and it's just like, it, it was just a cool, you know, some of these things that, that geeks complain about a lot. He kind of, you know, he, he, my, th the thing with George is I think that, that Lucas always tries to remind us fans that this is a story, you know, that we need to make sure that we're living our real lives and we've got everything put in the right perspective. Yeah. And, uh, and so I think that some of those questions that he took, uh, you know, did a great job of, of going to lengths to just kind of poke some fun at himself, poke some fun at the franchise, and, and just, you know, um, and just have a good time. And you could tell Lucas was having a good time. You mm -hmm. know, and, that, and I think that's a big deal is, is that he was having fun uh, with what he was doing. And to the point of whether or not Savage Opress is Darth Maul's brother or not, you know, the thing is, is if Lucas says it, it, it is so. Yeah, and um, yeah. you know, I, I, go, I love Filoni's story he tells about when uh, when George told him that Anakin was going to have a Padawan, and Filoni's like, "But Anakin doesn't have a Padawan," and George just kind of stood there for a second, and was like, "Yeah, he does. Anakin's this will be Anakin's Padawan." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Filoni, you know, Filoni was trying to tell, and that's the moment. And Filoni will tell you that's the moment where he realized we're going to follow this guy's lead because this is his universe. Yeah. And so, you know, Lucas can do whatever he wants to publicist or whatever else be darned. And so, yeah. um, you know, so I, I thought it was really cool. He gave the fans a lot in the main event and, uh, uh, Cohen JC, you got to back me up on this. Um, <clears throat> there were some tears as we walked out into the hallway after the main event. Yes. By who? Yep. All of us. Oh, no, yeah. not me, sir. Not me. Not, not Steve. Steve was one of the ones that was, uh, he was, he was stalwart, let's say, very stoic. Well, uh, I almost either, fell asleep. Either that there. or he was tired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, I was sitting there almost. Waiting in line. Yeah. <laughs> We've been all up almost 24 hours, so I think that there was a couple of ways that you could go. You could either be uh, the over-emotional complete wreck, or you could be the guy who was almost falling asleep. Steve fell into the almost falling asleep category. <laughs> I, I fell into the emotional wreck category. It was kind of like, I mean, uh, like, let's, uh, who, who am I kidding? There's no hiding it. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I clearly do a podcast. I'm incredibly dedicated to it. It's, uh, it's a lifestyle for me, right? I wake up every morning and, and you know, I'm a Star Wars fan from start to finish, so... Uh, to be in the same room with George Lucas was, you know, almost a spiritual experience for me. So then to to uh, sort of coming off the heels, and we haven't talked about the Mark Hamill panel, which was the day before, which was the Friday, um, but we'll get to that. But sort of coming off of that the day previous and having been in the room for that panel, 
um, that kind of would have been good enough, you know. Like I, I was, I was saying the Friday night, you know, if we don't get in, I'm not going to be mad because we got in for the Mark Hamill panel, uh, really like almost by the skin of our teeth, and uh, like we managed that, and I'm not going to be greedy. Um, if we get into the to the main event, that's going to be really cool. But if we don't, it's not a big deal. And then so we did get in, and uh, and. And and I'd had a rough time. Like it, it was it was a rough uh, twenty four hours for me. I, I don't do so well with the all nighters, so um, so I really had to hold it together in order to be in that room for the full hour, or hour and a half or so. Okay, wait, um, Mike, Mike. Before you continue, so you made it into the to the main hall where it was live. You weren't in a satellite. Yeah. Okay. No, we right. were we were yeah. in the main hall. We were in the room with George. So, okay. Uh, we were. We were even on like the the main level, not like on the bottom front tier, but like sort of the 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 further back seats. But we weren't in the balcony; we were on the on the main floor. So, um, and how long did you wait in line? Uh, well, Steve, Steve, and I got there at about midnight, I guess. A little before oh. midnight, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Midnight. And then JC came at three a.m. and uh, yeah. and relieved us, so we could uh, we could go catch. A little bit of sleep. Well, let's be honest. We hung out once JC got there. We hung out yeah, for a good 30, 45 minutes. It was a good 15-minute walk back to the vehicle. Yeah. Um, I dropped Cohen off at his hotel. I went back to the place where I was staying, which was another five, six-minute drive. And uh, I think I got 15 minutes of sleep in. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then I was just turning around to go back and pick up Cohen. And uh, and so JC was hanging out with, and and JC at this point you were hanging out with those guys we met from the uh, the Great Lakes. Great Lakes. Garrison. Garrison. Yeah. Of the five of good times. Yeah, those yep. guys are great. Steve Mitchell, Mike, who never literally gave me his last name, Mike Rogowski, we'll call him. Um, and uh, and Hyper wasn't there. Another guy that we were hanging out with from Five of First was actually one of the stormtroopers on yes. stage. Yeah. Uh, at the intro of of uh, the George Lucas main event, but um, but Steve was I mean like he was just a mess. Like Cohen got a little choked up. JC, I'm not I don't know if you got choked up or not. I'm not going to accuse you of being well, choked up. Or... But yeah, it was a little a little emotional. I was still a little yeah. uh, um, under the influence from the night before from the back. Okay, all right, <laughs> okay. Um, you know, but I gave, listen, the rest of the weekend, I gave Steve from the Great Lakes Garrison of the 501st, I gave him all kinds of crap, um, for just walking out and just almost tears streaming down his face. And it was so funny to hear his friend Mike talk about, you know, he's like, I didn't know. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. You know, I didn't know if I could talk to him, if we needed to stop, if he needed a hug, you know, what was going on? (laughs) Well, I, I sat next to Steve. Uh, to Steve Mitchell for for the panel, and uh, and there was a couple of times where me and him just looked at each other, and it was just like we didn't need to say anything. It was just one of those shared moments. We were just like, it was just like, man, this is the greatest ever. No, we totally did. Like, like uh, I hadn't you you'd hung out with them, Steve, but I hadn't really hung out with them up until that point. And then in that moment, because you know those guys were with us. Now they're friends for life, and they don't have any choice, right? Like it's sort of, it's just one of those moments in my life where I'll, I'll always remember, you know, the people that I was sitting with and the, the adventure to get there. So, uh, well, so, yeah. let's 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 back it up a second here, 
And and I need to, you know, say that you and JC left once we got inside the building and got our wristbands. When they said, That's hey, true. you can leave, just be back in time to, you know, to file in. Um, Steve and Mike and I stayed there in the hallway to defend our spot in line. Uh, <laughs> and I'm telling you what, it got to be about 9 o'clock that morning. And all three of us at the same time, we'd been hyper, we'd been laughing, we'd been cutting up, and all three of us just hit a wall. And yeah. suddenly we were just, boom. And so um, and so here you guys come in fresh as a daisy, you know, just real excited to be there. <laughs> I don't, I, I was not so fresh as, as any daisies that I've ever seen. So, uh, no, I, I, I had a rough morning after heading back. Um, but... Like I said, I held it together. I, I, I troopered it, uh, and and you know couldn't miss it. I, I would have been really pissed off if I would have missed. Um, you, know, you know what was what was cool though is I I was following everything as as fast as I could through Twitter and everything else. But uh, it's not like Lucas was just there to do that. It sounds like he was actually hanging out for most of the weekend. Did you guys get that feel too? That because I know he was at the looking at the TK project. Uh, and he stayed, I, I want to say, for something else on Saturday or Sunday, or he was there. He did the last tour to Endor. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah and he did He did tour sort of all of the different uh, aspects of the exhibits. But um, what I heard from, a, from some people, and this is just sort of secondhand, so I don't know if it's correct or not, but I heard that he was sort of cruising around before everything had opened up. Oh, okay. Um, and, and sort of under uh, under extreme guard, <laughs> like he had his own yeah. garrison with him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'd heard that he that he had been in the 501st room, and and you know checked out the TK helmets and uh, and all that stuff that he was checking out the droids and across the hallway and and all that sort of thing, um, which I'm sure he was. I mean, it, it would be kind of hard. He talked about it. He talked about stuff in the panel, saying like. Uh, one of the funniest things I think he said was when he was talking about the droids and how these guys build these amazing droids that can do everything that R2 does in the movies and uh, short, maybe short of flying, but uh, pretty much everything that R2 does, at least in the original trilogy, and yet uh, six movies and, and George couldn't get it down to one droid yeah. that could do all of them. All he that. had like eight, eight R2s for different purposes and that sort of thing. So uh, so he was genuinely impressed with the lengths that the costumers and the uh, and the artists and the, and the droid builders and all of the hobbyists go to to just make these amazing things. And I mean, for me, that was one of the first things that JC and I did was check out the droid room. And, uh, and those, those droids are as real as it gets. I mean, like... Other than the fact that they're being controlled remotely by someone, um, you know, once we get a computer that's powerful enough to, to program and run one of those things, it's it's entirely feasible that we could all have our own astromech droid. Yeah. You know, because yeah. the me the mechanical side of it, they've already figured out, and and to see them setting stuff up, um, we sort of saw the day before, the 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 Wednesday night uh, before the show started. Uh, JC and I were cruising around with our press badges, getting in, uh, and uh, and we we got to see like sort of the insides of some of these droids while people were putting them together and unpacking them from boxes, and it was just it was amazing to see 
the things that these guys come up with. And no, no two of them were built the same way. Right. Like they all had unique components uh, that were sort of signatures of, of the people who built them. I mean, one of my favorite things to see was on, on one of them, in order to make the, the dome swivel, you would think that there would be like a motor with like a, like a pole or something attached to the dome that would make the dome swivel. But in fact, they, this guy had rigged up like a rollerblade wheel that uh, was pressed up against the inside ring of the dome and was hooked into a motor so that whenever you turned the, the rollerblade wheel, it would turn the dome either way. And I was just like, that's genius to come up with something like that instead of, uh, instead of it being a more complicated system. It was just like, to, to see the, that people came up with stuff like that was really really cool i mean there were there were all sorts of droids it was amazing yeah well you know mike a couple shows ago we had talked about preparing for c5 and that was one of my top like five six things was to check out these uh the droid builders yeah uh, another one was the last tour at Endor, and we just mentioned it a few minutes ago what did you guys think of the last tour and mike i know you've never been on that ride before did you get a chance to get on and did you like it yes Okay, yes, uh, well, I did. I rode the uh, the Star Tours, and uh, and uh, we went through it. We we got there pretty early, so we kind of got there before the rest of the crowd. And uh, and JC and, uh, and his girlfriend and myself and a, and a couple others from the five hundred first, we uh, we cruised through it, and uh, and it was awesome. I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> coming into to Disney Hollywood Studio, you're kind of walking around and you see everything, and. Um, and I'm going like, where is it? Like, I don't, I don't see any Star Wars stuff. And I thought that the party was going to be a little bit bigger than it was. Um, and okay. maybe that was just, I, you know, I blew my expectations up too much. Yeah. But I, we came around that corner and you see like the Endor bunker essentially, and as close to a life size ad at that that I've ever seen. Uh, and you know, there's a speeder bike over on one side, and 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 the trees and then Ewok village and uh, the, the gift shop that you come out of looks like uh, most icely. And it was just, it was awesome. And then you go through it and you see these big ships, like the ones that are being worked on that they're having maintenance done. And there's R2 right. in it and he pops out and he swivels his head and then 3PO barks some stuff at him and gets really mad. And then they have an argument and, and you move on and you strap in and, uh, and then the ride lasts all of like five minutes. About five minutes, yeah. Yeah, yeah and you're like, um, that's it. <laughs> and it was fun. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I, yeah. uh, but it it was totally like JC sort of prepared me for it, but I don't think anything could have prepared me for the fact that <laughs> it was so dated. The effects were so kind of like you know 1980, whenever it was 84, 85, 86, whatever. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, and I was kind of like, that was cool. Now let's go do something else. <laughs> and so we went to do other stuff. Yeah. And I'm not much of an amusement park guy. I don't really like thrill rides and that sort of thing. And everything else that's in in that area in the Disney Hollywood Studios is really like it's Tower of Terror and the right. Smith. Right. Yeah. Stuff like that. And a lot of stuff was closed. And uh, and and pretty much all of the gift shops were closed except for a few. And. Uh, and it was the hottest day that we had gotten while we were there. And JC, you got to back me up on this. As the night went on, it got hotter. It didn't yes. cool down. I it was kind of like, subside. 
Yeah, I was I was waiting for for the temperature to start to drop, and around eleven o'clock, it it was noticeable. It jumped like five degrees, mm. and and it was hotter than anything I've ever experienced in my life. And and I was just like, I was dealing with time zone difference, and you know, having stayed up most of the night, not having that great of a morning, and then going through the entire day. Um, because this was sort of on the evening of the of the main event, so we'd gone through all of that ordeal to to see the main event, and then uh, and then this is like eleven o'clock that night, um, and I was just kind of like, guys, I'm out of here, <laughs> and I had to go home. Yeah, I had to go back to because I didn't want yeah. because we had a, we had a press conference the next morning, and I wanted to be okay for that. I needed to be put together for that, so uh, so I ended up missing the Indiana Jones stunt thing. Oh but, man, you missed it. But JC can talk about that because he saw it, and uh, and there were some special guests when JC was there. So yeah, I, JC had texted me saying that uh, you were you pretty much had enough and you were taking off. And then uh, so what did you think of the the what was it called the last temple of Raiders of the Lost Temple Jedi Temple of Jedi Doom Temple? There it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, how was that? It was actually really really fun, and really funny because they played it up as a as as a the ultimate fan film like the ultimate indie fan film and the ultimate star wars fan film mashed together so they had these two director bit and all these nods to various um sources from throughout the you know star wars galaxy and universe and stuff like that and they had i think they had quite a few plants in the audience for their their guest stars Oh yeah, to be in it like some some nerdy guy that was from a podcast and a blog, and they made fun of him. And then they had uh, a couple guest stars like uh, Tom Kane and James Arnold Taylor. They came up and did their thing, and it was just like I could see if it was just the Indiana Jones thing. If I'd watch it just as indie, I would have been like, "Wow, this is really dumb." But they added all the Star Wars stuff into it and made it really fun and funny. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really good and well done. It didn't look super, super cheesy. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a certain level of cheese already, you know, in a live show, but it, it made it really, really fun. So and that was like, just a it, one-time it, thing then, as far as the that little show. That was just a one-time thing. Just for this weekend, they did. Okay. What was that? No, I was just I was just seeing if that was a one-time thing for that show that you were talking about. Well, they had different guest stars for each of the. Uh, three shows i think george lucas went to the second show like he was in the audience and uh for our show it was tom kane and james arn taylor and mark hamill came out at the end and that was pretty cool and yeah it was just that one time for the weekend that one special event and it was really fun and indy kept getting confused for han solo like boba fett kept calling him solo and oh, yeah. just Solo, like he was like, "Who is this Han Solo guy you guys are talking about?" And then finally, Han and Chewie show up, and they do their thing, and it was fun. Yeah. It was funny. Steve, did you get a chance to partake in any of the last tour festivities? Uh, no, you know there was a lot of there was a lot of trying to pressure me to go throughout the week, and and I'll be honest with you, by the day of the last tour to indoor, after being out the way we were and 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 waiting in line the way we did. I was wiped. In fact, I went back to my hotel at about 3.30 that afternoon with the intentions of, you know, laying down for about an hour and coming back for a panel I wanted to be at at like 5 or 6. 
mm-hmm. and uh, completely slept through an alarm and didn't wake up until, oh, it was close to 8 o'clock or later. Whoa. Uh, when I finally woke <laughs> up that night and uh, and I had texts on my phone from Cohen and, and the people I was staying with and... Um, and I said, oh, well, I guess I'll just go to dinner. Met some friends that I'd met there for dinner and uh, and called it a night. But yeah. um, but everything I heard about the last tour indoor from the people that went was was that it was a good time for the most part. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm used to it getting hot at night down this way. You know, I'm, I'm about five hours north of Orlando. I'm in the swamp mm-hmm. where I'm at. And right. so, you know, that that was one of those things that wasn't a factor to me was the weather that it was for a lot of other people because I'm like, man, I know what to expect. And yeah, I hate it, but it's what it is. So, um, so I'm not surprised that at about 11 o'clock when you'd expect it to start to drop off that, that it, that there was a, (laughs) that there was a warm wet front (laughs) and it just got that much. Uh, much Yeah. Now you mentioned, uh, the panels, Steve, what what did you guys think of the panels? Uh, you guys want to talk about some panels a little bit and maybe what your favorite panel was and, um, what you got to see, and and did you get any cereal boxes? I don't think any of the three of us uh, picked up. We didn't go to any of the collecting panels, did we? No collecting panels. I okay. Yeah, no, I didn't. What panels did? Okay, Mike. For you, what was the uh, panels situation like? Um, let's see. I mean, the majority of what what I went to was uh, the main event type stuff. Um, like like the George Lucas, the Mark Hamill one, the uh, Clone Wars season three revealed, which was a really great panel. I actually went to it twice, yeah. um, to both both showings of it, so that I could sort of grab the extra info from the uh, Q and A at the end Q&A. of the second one. Because uh, Dave Filoni, for anybody who's going to see Dave Filoni at a convention anytime soon, if you really want an, a question answered, I have a quick tip for you. And and if he listens, because because I gave him the business card and said, hey, you know, give the podcast a listen. So if he listens to this, I, I'm really sorry, uh, Dave, but uh, but I got to let your, your kryptonite out of the out of the bag here and uh, and say, just take the cutest, youngest kid that oh, you yeah. can that you can script. <laughs> so, Matt, at WonderCon, at yeah. the next WonderCon, you got to do me a favor and you got to take your youngest and you got to go over whatever question it, that it is that's bothering us the most of the time. <laughs> Yeah. And you got to script it with him because if a little kid walks up and asks him a question, he will say things he's not supposed to say. Oh, I mean, yeah. a kid asked him yeah. about, yeah. about whether or not Han and Chewie would be showing up in the Clone Wars. And he wanted to tell us. He wanted to let us know <laughs> one way or the other. Yeah. And he really he couldn't because, you know, there's a guy from or a person from marketing uh, sort of like the publicity right on the sidelines that would tackle him if he started. So uh, he gave some really good hints and said, you know, there will be some ties to the classic trilogy, stuff like that. So so I had to be at both of those panels just in case another kid walked up and asked him something else. That, like, I, I tell you what, if you've got a kid to take, get him to ask if Ben Quadraneros will show up. <laughs> I, I remember yeah. you asked him that too. Uh, yeah. He wasn't. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Newman, Newman yeah. The director of Fanboys is said is trying to get everyone to have that question asked. He's just wanted it out there in the zeitgeist, so that <laughs> so that eventually, that you know that that Dave Filoni will always know how Kyle Newman's on his heels. And I think it's just hilarious that if there can be someone at every panel Dave ever does, just the one person should stand up, and that become the thing. Are we ever going to see Ben Quadraneros? 
Are we ever going to see Ben Quadraneros? Um, <laughs> and then on the on the flip side of it, if you're going to see Kyle Newman at a at a panel of some sort, I uh, if you're going to see him, then you have to get up and you have to ask him the question. So you're going to have Ben Quadraneros in your next movie, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and we'll yeah. see what see what Kyle and Newman has to say. About ask that. him. Ask him if he's going to have Ben Quadraneros in Fanboys too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that kind of segues me into uh, into what I think was probably my favorite panel and really defined the weekend for me. Um, and and it was a panel that Steve uh, sort of he was going to and he was like, "You guys should come along. It'll be a cool panel." And I was like, "Yeah, okay. I'm not doing anything else." And it was uh, why we love the prequels. Oh and it yeah. Had, uh, it had uh, Tom Hodges, who's been on the show before. He was on the panel. I. Uh, Kyle Newman was there. Dave Filoni showed up towards the end. Um, who, who were the others that were on the panel? It was, uh, James, Arnold it was yeah, James Arnold Taylor was yeah. there. Yeah. And a friend of mine on Facebook uh, and uh, Twitter, Brian Young, Swank Motron, was the uh, moderator, I believe. Okay, there you yeah. go. Yeah. And Eric Geller, yeah. Eric, Eric, Eric Geller, member of the media team for the Force cast. Okay, was, yeah. Was so, um, and, and they had this amazing unbelievable discussion about the prequel trilogy and and really sort of and i mean huge props to kyle newman for giving me so much ammunition the next time somebody says something bad about anakin or jar jar and i'm just like if anybody's checked the forums recently we had a question go or a topic going on jar jar banks and i'd sort of gotten in there when it started and said yeah, Jar Jar's all right. You know, love him or leave him, whatever. It doesn't really matter. He's in the movies. You got to deal with him, so whatever. Um, but after that panel, and I've sort of gotten a little bit of flack on the forums for this, I've completely changed my perspective. I've changed my perspective on the prequels, on the Clone Wars, on uh, the expanded universe, and on really George's overarching control of the story. And a lot of that is is in huge part to Kyle Newman as well as Dave Filoni and the way that they talk about Star Wars and especially uh, the way that Dave talks about um, have, uh, like working with George, working alongside of the master, the creator, the one who, who's the reason why we're podcasting in the first place or, you know, fans uh, to begin with. So, um, well, JC, really- did you, did you and Amanda end up at this panel, JC? JC, can you hear me? Yeah, sorry, I can hear you. What did you, you did did you and Amanda end up at the Why We Love the Prequels panel? I was there. Uh, Amanda yeah. was. I think she was doing ISO stuff. Okay, I think that's where she was. That's right. But you but yeah, you were there. I was there right there. And I think one of the things we all came away, and I'm sorry to cut you off, Cohen. Um, you know, but I told I told Cohen I know before we walked in, Kyle Newman is about to own this thing, and mm-hmm. um. And, and so when we sat down and Kyle started to go off, like there were a few things that we all looked at each other and were like, oh my gosh, I've never thought of that before. Um, one of the things Kyle said, and Cohen, this, I think this was the big one for us, was um, the prequels are the rise of the dark side in the way that the original trilogy is the rise of the light side. And, and if you just stop and look at it just that way, it makes so much freaking sense. You yeah. know, the whole story arc makes so much freaking sense. And Cohen, wanted you and I, wasn't I sitting right next to you? And we both looked at each other. And I thought, I said, I've never thought of that before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it, it, he's, uh, Kyle Newman said a few things that just sort of took my perspective of characters and of the storyline and of, of really what George wrote. Uh, and, and, you know, you can, you can have problems with the specific moments in scripts, but, uh, but those are really like the screenplay writers more than George. But if you look at the story as a whole and the characters that are introduced and the purposes that they play, I, I defy you to find fault. After, after having had that perspective sort of shown to me uh, that, that, was, that was given at that panel. Um, and it's like stuff like uh, you have to look at Darth Sidious uh, at Palpatine and the way that he, he uses the dark side, but he doesn't use the force as, as a means of, of taking power. He uses the tools that he has at hand. He doesn't. He doesn't go in there with a lightsaber and take over by force uh, of, of strength or, or anything like that. He uses the Republic's own system of government, and he uses the elements of the dark side. He uses people's emotions mm -hmm. and and their fear and their anger and their aggression, and he pulls that out of the individuals and manipulates them. So that he never has to raise a hand, and they just give him all of the power. And before they know it, they're in an empire, and he hasn't—he's—he's he's had to use his lightsaber twice, you know. And and when you start to look at that character in that light, it just totally puts this spin on him that you go, like that. It's—he's one of the most brilliant characters ever written in film. Yeah. Ever ever written in anything in any sort of literature or storytelling, whatever. Like Sidious is now, uh, Vader's one of the greatest villains of all time. But when you really look at it, Vader's not the villain. Sidious is the villain, and all of these things, all these strings that he's pulling, and and the 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 huge tapestry of evil that he constructs over the course of those six films, and and that saga is just unbelievable and and that was one of the perspectives that i was given in that panel in a panel that quite honestly had steve not said hey i'm going to this i wouldn't have been there and and i would have totally missed out and anybody who was at c5 who wasn't in that panel you did miss out you missed out on one of the best star wars conversations that has ever been had on the face of this planet because there were guys there that that just they live it and breathe it like we do, but then Kyle Newman's a filmmaker and he knows what he's talking about and he's made movies yeah. and he's studied this stuff inside and out to a degree that, that I can't say that I have and I've, I've put a lot of work into my Star Wars fandom. And then to have Dave Filoni show up and join the conversation and, uh, and to be, you know, this next generation's George Lucas essentially, you know, bringing Star Wars to everybody uh, you know, 10 years and younger. Uh, and for him to be working under George Lucas and to have access to information that none of us have had before, which is how he tells stories and, and the methods that he goes through to construct these huge epic sagas that, that we love. It, it was just, it was unbelievable. And I can't say enough good things about that now. So that, I think that was... That was my favorite panel of the weekend. Even though we got to, we didn't take, get to see a single clip. We didn't get any new information about the Clone Wars. We didn't get any information about Blu-rays or any of that stuff. But what the reason why we're really there because we're fans and because we love these movies. It was celebrated in that panel 
especially for the prequels, which is something that, that I think that we just sort of gloss over and we don't really we don't really celebrate as much as we should because mm. they are excellent, amazing movies. Yeah, that Swank Matron, who was the moderator, I, I remember earlier in the week he was talking about uh, he was kind of nervous about the turnout and it turns out that it was one of it was a packed house, standing room only. Standing room only. And he was very happy to see that. And, and probably also as well, you talked about all the, the panelists, Dave Filoni, Kyle Newman. Uh, Steve, was there anything uh, as far as panel-wise, was that uh, the number one for you? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I really enjoyed the Mark Hamill panel. Um, yeah, we haven't talked you know, about the, that yet. Go ahead and talk about that. There is a... Um, you know, there's a fear whenever you whenever you come into kind of close contact with with one of your childhood heroes that they're not going to be everything you want or they just don't get it. Yeah. And yeah. you know, and a lot of people like to talk about because they don't I mean, no one really knows. Everyone thinks that Mark Hamill's life has just been a big bundle of failure since Return of the Jedi, you know. They don't take into account a lot of the voiceover work and stuff that he's done, which is what he always wanted to do. Right. And and was kind of his first love. Um but there was a fear that he was going to come out, you know, that he was just there to get a paycheck. You know, I mean, it, it was $125 to get his autograph, for crying out loud. Yeah, um, wow. You know, and so so there's, you know, there's that fear that, well, this guy's just really trying to exploit the fans. And he came out, and if he's exploiting us, he's doing a dang good job. Because he came <laughs> out, and, and one of the first things he said, well, number one, Jay LaGaia was supposed to be kind of the moderator slash interviewer for the, the, the time with Mark Hamill there for the hour or so with him. And uh, Jay LaGaia introduced him, and then Mark Hamill happened. Um, Jay LaGaia got two words in the rest of the time and, and weaseled in a way to show a clip of Mark on The Muppet Show. Um, and that was all that LaGaia did that entire panel. And the first thing Mark said when he came out was, you guys are the fans. You guys are the insiders. You've heard all this before. Um, so what I've tried to do is, is, is sit down and remember some things that will be special that maybe we haven't really talked about that much before. And to me, that spoke volumes because he understood that he was in a room full of people that get it. You know, he, and, and, and that means that he gets it to an extent and that he, you know, that, that somewhere in his life he's realized I was part of something that's bigger than me. And because of that, you know, because of my association with that, there's an expectation from people who are fans. And um, so so I'm going to do my best to live up to those expectations, you know, whenever I'm making appearances and that sort of thing. And uh, and quite frankly, and I know this is going to sound like sacrilege to, to Cohen since he was all weepy uh, <laughs> at the end of Lucas at, at the end of the main event. But honestly, to me, Mark Hamill was probably one of my favorite things of the week to see. Ah, just because okay. just because he so exceeded my expectations. I enjoyed his panel, even with the Clone Wars footage we got, and even with the deleted scene we saw. Because to me, that footage and that deleted scene are going to be very commonplace, you know, in, in a year, in a few months to a year. You know, they're going to be things that, that are that are old news. But the one thing you can't take away are the experiences that Hamill shared you know, on that stage in that time. And, and it was just so neat, um, you know, to be there. And, and the way he opened up about his experiences and everything was just really cool. And and the fact that Jay guy had to stop him, that Mark Hamill was going and going and was ready to keep going at mm. the end of an hour. And Jay guy had to stop him. Um, just that meant the world to me. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a scripted little skit. You know, it wasn't um, you know it wasn't some prepared questions that here's what we're going to talk about. It was Mark Hamill being Mark Hamill and talking with the fans, and it was just to me it was outstanding. What did you think of that panel, Mike? Did you get to go? Uh, to it? Yeah. Well, I'm 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 inclined to agree with pretty much everything that Steve said. <laughs> like it, it was an amazing experience to be in the room for that one. Um, and it wasn't simulcast. So if you were in the room, you were in the room, but if you weren't, you weren't. And, uh, and one of the things that, that, uh, Mark said when he got out there was, you know, he saw the lineup and everything and, and that, you know, some of us had been waiting hours to get in and, uh, and that it, it meant a lot to him. He, he talked about, you know, like that, that's amazing. You guys, he called us the uh, the UPFs, the ultra passionate fans, <laughs> and uh, and they, and he said, you know, we're gonna have a conversation here, but uh, but like Steve was saying, he he told us, you know, I I know that you guys have heard all these stories before, and you you've watched all the interviews, and and you've seen everything. So that's for the press. That's for the normal people out there. That's not for the ultra passionate fans. That's that's for everybody else. But in in that room, we were all family. Like, and and he used the word family. He said, "You guys are family now. You're here, and we're gonna have a conversation like we're family. And I'm gonna tell you some stories that you've never heard before." And he went in and he told us stories that we have never heard before. Amazing stuff, personal stuff, not just stuff about Star Wars, but stuff about what was going on in his life while he was filming the empire strikes back and uh, and and about how his his uh, oldest son was born while they were filming the movie and 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 he really let us in in a way that that you wouldn't get in a tv interview even with yeah, you know, right. barbara walters or something like that right like it, it was it was a conversation between the the true fans and you know luke skywalker himself and he knew that he was fully prepared going in there that, yeah. that he had he did have a certain bar set for him that he had to to rise above and he did it you know it, it, he did it made it uh, a once in a lifetime experience that that i don't know if if you know i make it out to to celebration six and mark hamill happens to do a panel there it, it won't be the same experience as as it was at celebration five so yeah yeah, I mean, it really it did make it a standout moment for for the weekend. For well, now, sure. now JC, um, we're talking panels and stuff, but you got to have an experience uh, that Mike and I didn't get to have um, as a member of the Five Hundred First. You was it Sunday that you actually trooped as Boba Fett? Uh, I trooped Saturday. Okay, um, and and I want you to I want you to tell about the Hasbro booth. And and what what ended up going on at the Hasbro booth? Well, I you know I have a Return of the Jedi Boba, and I decided to put it on because you know that's the whole point of coming in trooping and having fun, hanging out. I I get suited up and I saw the big box, you know the Boba Fett card, and I was like, all right, you know what? I'm dressed up. I want to go get suited up and I want to get my picture taken in that, you know, just for me. And so, like, we're waiting in line, and people are coming up to us and taking my picture outside of that. As soon as I get in that box, 
you know, on the card. Like, I get my couple of pics of me, and then all of a sudden there's, like, little kids inside the box with me. So I got stuck there for a good, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes of just kids just kept coming in and out of the box wanting to get their picture taken with, you know, Boba Fett inside the Boba Fett card. And so that, that was really, really fun. You know, unexpected. Yeah, I was I was taking the pictures for for JC when when he uh, hopped in there, and uh, and he got in there, and I think I got two snaps off before little kids started walking up and getting in in the card back with them, and uh, and and quite honestly, like they thought that he was supposed to be there, that he was part of the display. That, that, <laughs> That he was like the Boba Fett. Like there were little kids that were like, "Oh, it's Boba Fett! I'm gonna go get my picture taken with Boba Fett," and they thought like, you know, as if you were at Disneyland getting your picture taken with Mickey Mouse. That JC was the official real thing, and that you know he was he was working for Hasbro or something. There were parents going like, "Yeah, go get your picture taken," and uh, and it, we were stuck there. We were literally stuck for a little bit because. Because one kid would get out and another kid would run right in there, and you were like, "Well, what are you gonna do? Tell them no? You're gonna say no? You can't get your picture taken with Boba Fett, you know? Like, like who are who are we to stand in 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 front of those kids' Star Wars celebration experience? You know, like. Well, what's what's yeah, neat to me, awesome. what's neat to me is JC has just uploaded some photos from that place and it's so cool that every did any adult step in there with you jc what was that uh, did any adult step in there with you or was it all kids you know it was all kids i believe that's cool. maybe that there was one really... adult i think i remember yeah. one guy stepping in next to me do you remember my, a guy stepping in next to me i know you didn't, you didn't uh, get a there might have i just i remember the kids i just remember yeah. the kids because you you like made the day for some of those kids that they were so yeah. excited that they were standing inside that giant action figure package with the Boba Fett. And it, it was just, a, it, it was a really cool moment. It was one of those things that you couldn't have ever prepared for or expected uh, at an event like this. It's one of those surprises that sneaks up on you and, uh, and really reminds you why we're fans, you know, like why we do this and why we're into this. And, and it's because at the heart of it, we're just, big kids yeah we're all yeah. a bunch of really big 11 yeah, yeah. year olds or you know eight year olds just you know in utter awe yeah, well, that's what of I want laser like, swords that's why and I spaceships. yeah yeah it's like that's the best thing about 501st stuff is the kids you know that's why i go out and troop is so that yeah. the kids can watch get their pictures taken and all that great stuff well that's what i was going to ask you jc is you probably could have stayed there however long it took, because I'm also a part of the 501st, and I know what it's like to have kid after kid want pictures, and you're you're sitting in a suit. It's probably, you know, you feel like it's 150 degrees in there. You're sweating, drip, you know, you got sweat dripping all on you, but hey, you got to get one more picture in, and it's like, you know what? I can stay out here all day, because you get all these kids coming at you and want your autograph. It's just it's just a cool, neat thing to, to be a part of, so I kind of know what you're coming from. How was the uh, the 501st presence there? I mean, did you guys check out some of these costumes these guys do and, and see how crazy they can get, Mike? There was unbelievable costumes there. There yeah. was there was uh, oh man, I don't know. There was probably almost a dozen Republic commandos, and as as listeners of the show will know, Republic commandos are my favorite clone troopers. 
Um, and, and they ran the full gamut. I saw every single kind of commando you could imagine. I saw a uh, full Delta squad. Yeah. I saw I, video game accurate ones, uh, like before they decided to give them the paint deco that, that were just like, they're not clean because they look all dirty and that sort of thing, but they don't have any deco on them. And these guys did such an amazing paint job on them. They looked just like the textures from the video game. Um, I saw I saw one of the stealth commandos, like the all black stealth commandos, which are only in the books um, from the, the second book, uh, the triple zero. Um, it, it was amazing. And then I saw an impeccable Chewbacca that yeah. looked oh my God. exactly yeah. like him. He, I saw the picture, like, yeah. Like I, I, JC and I had had conversations about this and, and how, you know, there's a lot of Chewbacca's out there, but I had yet to see a Chewbacca that looked like Chewie from the movie. And, and this guy comes walking past me and it was amazing. Like the face of that Wookiee looked just like uh, Empire Strikes Back Chewbacca. And he had C three PO on his back, yeah, and, yeah. and it was the C the three PO was moving, and it was it was unbelievable. It was amazing. It was like it, like I was turned into a, a, a an eleven year old kid again, and I was like, it's it's freaking Chewbacca, you guys! Like, do you <laughs> see that? And and you know, a guy will walk by in a Boba Fett costume that that looks impeccable and perfect, and. And again, JC and I were talking about this a lot. We were talking about a lot of the Five of First costumes and then Bounty Hunters costumes and stuff. And uh, and there were some Boba Fetts that I guarantee you, um, especially the guys at the Dented Helmet, who just do amazing, amazing costumes. Yeah. They probably look better than the movies looked, like better than the Empire and Return of the Jedi costumes looked, because yeah. those costume movie costumes only have to have so much detail because you can get away with a lot when the characters are being featured in every single shot but when you are standing right next to that costume it's a lot less forgiving and these guys had built costumes that just had so much depth and richness to them that that you would swear that they were real bounty hunters you know that they could go out there and they could they could cruise around the galaxy you know picking up the scum of the universe and and it was it was a really cool experience that no matter where you were in that convention center, all you had to do was look left and look right, and you were surrounded by Star Wars, and you were surrounded by by the characters that that you know and love, as well as things that you'd never seen before. So it was it was a really cool experience to see all those costumes in the flesh, all think, in one place. Yeah, I think my favorite one was uh, Mike. You have it on your, I think it's the Facebook feed, or maybe it's on our Clone Wars podcast, but. I'll just say I'll just call her Babe Fett, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I know you guys know which one I'm talking about, <laughs> but I'll just leave it at that. Uh, you know, you oh, got, there, but there there was a wampa that you had to. It, it, pictures don't do it justice. She, uh, that was an amazing costume, and it, that took a lot of guts well, to was around that <laughs> that convention. Hey, Let's be honest, though. There were a lot of there were a lot of young ladies who didn't need to be costuming in the skimpy costumes that were. Yeah. And um, you know, I won't point out any any people that were near us in line uh, for the main <laughs> event. But um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. I saw some things I can I can't unsee. That's for sure. <laughs> well, my, there, uh, like I poured bleach on my brain just to get it out. 
Whoa, whoa. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. Now, let's talk about, real quick, since you brought up video games, let's, let's talk about The Force Unleashed 2 for a minute. Um, we find out, uh, sounds like that we, uh, Starkiller is going to be going to Dagobah. Yep. So, was there any... Now, Mike, you actually got to play this game, right? You know what? There's there's a, a distinct possibility, and I don't want to, you know, sound cocky or anything like that, but uh, what, who am I kidding? Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> there's a distinct possibility that I was the first one, a first member of the public to get to play The Force Unleashed too, because we went in there, we, JC and I, with our press badges, managed to just sort of walk past people and just go, oh yeah, we're nice. Yeah, and uh, and 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 possibly I don't know. This is unconfirmed, but gain access to places that maybe we shouldn't have been. Um, yeah, and one one of those aspects of it was being able to get into the exhibition hall well before anybody else. So on Thursday morning, we got there at about eight thirty nine o'clock, I think, yeah. and we just essentially walked right into the to the exhibition hall, and uh, and one of the things that I that I said that I wanted to do first. Was to check out that uh, that Force Unleashed setup, and we did. We we went right over to it. There was nobody there but the guys who were working it, and uh, and I walked up and I was like, "Can I can I can I play this? Is is this here for me to play?" And the guy was like, "Yeah yeah, go ahead." Nice. And I picked up the controller and I started playing that game, and I loved the first one. Uh, but it has a lot of issues. It right, has a lot right. of issues when it comes to like graphically. Uh, there, there were some hiccups and yeah, and uh, there was a lot of glitches in it. Glitches, yeah, right. Um, and they were touting that they had ironed all that stuff out for the Force Unleashed too, and I was skeptical. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I was going to play it either way because it's Star Wars. And yeah, it, right. It's Star Wars, I'm going to play it. But okay, here's the word. What I, do we got? But I got my hands on that controller and I started playing, and from moment number one. Starkiller leaps out of that front window and starts flying down the side of that building in, in Topoca City on Camino. And the the animation quality and, and the, uh, the graphics and everything blow the first game out of the water. I've never seen anything like it in a video game. Like, if it doesn't win all kinds of awards this year, then, you know, it'll be on par with everything else Star Wars because it it's it's you know years beyond anything else and if it doesn't get its recognition it, that's just a shame yeah uh, and then you start getting into the gameplay and they took everything from the first one and they tightened it up and just made it into into one of the most perfect gameplay experiences that I've had so far and that's just with the demo so we'll see how the full game ends up but I was thoroughly impressed. Uh, they they've really done a lot to uh, to to take this game to the next level. This is not just more levels from the first one. Uh, well, it, it's a, it's that, a completely new game and it's amazing. You have that video that I took of that, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I do, and I'll, I'll I'll throw that up on YouTube or, or Vimeo or something like that and put it on the site. Um, we're gonna do a Force Unleashed two special episode, yeah. Because uh, I've got we have some other news. Uh, when we sat down with Tom Kane, we uh, we got a, a a second interview with him, just about the Force Unleashed two and uh, the Old Republic. So we're gonna do sort of a video game wrap up. Cool. 
cool. Or Roundup. Round up, a little yeah. bit closer to that game coming out, and uh, and we'll talk more about that stuff. But, and I'll put the videos up. Well, that's good news. I mean, I, I remember you, you, I think you texted me, said you were playing it, and I was like, okay, what's it going to be like, and is it going to live up to the hype? And apparently it has. Now, Steve, are you much of a gamer? I mean, uh, as far as the Force Unleashed 2 or any Star Wars games? I'm, I'm really casual. I, yeah. I yeah. played Force Unleashed and loved it. Um, I've got two more achievements on Xbox 360 to get 100% of all the achievements, including all the, uh, the stuff from the Ultimate Sith Edition and everything with the, with the things that were DLC. Um, I did not stand in line to play Force Unleashed 2 because unlike Cohen and JC, I didn't have press credentials. Um, you know, I was just going to ask you about that. You know, the king of podcasters, and you didn't get a press pass. Something's wrong here. I'm not the king of podcasters, <laughs> sir. It, it was apparent to me. It was apparent to me how small I am in the world of podcasting when Cohen walked in with business cards and yeah. uh, and press badges and uh, and and he snuck me into a press conference and everything else. So. <laughs> Uh, I'm just I'm just a little speck speck of dust, man, in the in the universe of podcasting. I'm, I'm oh. nothing comes all this. <laughs> you know, you you, uh, you guys. I just I just want to let the cat out of the bag here. I uh, this is all false modesty. It's <laughs> <laughs> <is> not. <laughs> oh. Don't believe a word he says. Uh, I thought you'd have like a Jedi Knight pass or something. It's <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> I, you know, I would love to sprung for one of those things that they had. And that, <laughs> they had their own little lounge to go hang in. They yeah, did. We went if, in you a, if you had a press pass, you could get in. Yeah, yeah I'm kicking myself in the butt right now. I, I keep hearing about this press pass, and the only thing that goes through my head is, is, is Mike and JC, like in Wayne's World, they're holding their press passes up as they walk by people. <laughs> press pass, press pass. You know what I mean? That's the, that's Who? Why were Steve and Mike were doing? Oh, you guys weren't there. I I went to the Force.net party um, because I was supposed to be hooking up with the host from uh, of the Forcecast that night, and so I rode over there. And I'll be honest with you, I kept texting Cohen like, "It's pretty lame. It's pretty lame." And I'll say that right here on the podcast that that not really knowing anybody and and not being the person who's going to get out there and just randomly make friends unless i have someone to show off for um you know i i i was not enjoying myself at all and was getting ready to leave until i bumped into uh the guys we mentioned from the great lakes 501st and we started just kind of standing around and this was like you know kind of toward the end of the party we were standing around just kind of laughing cutting up and they started doing that with their little 501st badges just kind of doing the Wayne's World thing with yeah. them as people walked by, just random people, and they'd be sitting there flashing them in their face. Backstage. It was uh, backstage, yeah, yeah. That it was pretty funny. Man, so good time. Well, you got to get one next time, the next event. Uh, you know, Steve, you you had mentioned how the Mark Hamill thing was one of your one of your favorites, and how he just kind of he kind of gets it, quote unquote. Um, and an, I think another group of of people that get it are the voice actors. Uh, I know you guys had a chance to talk to a few of them and, and hang out with them, sort of maybe a little bit. What do you guys think of the, the Clone Wars cast? And and because I met these guys at WonderCon, I met Dave Filoni, I met Jamie King, I met uh, Kyle Newman and Daniel Logan, and and just hanging out and chatting. You know, it's like being you know old friends or something. It was kind of a neat experience. Yeah. What do you guys think of uh, meeting some of these people? I'll I'll, uh, I'll preface it with talking about a little bit about the uh, the interviews that we got to do on Friday morning. Um, JC and myself uh, we had, we had some interviews scheduled, 
so we got into the press room, into the media room, and uh, and and uh, we met up with with the pub the Clone Wars publicist Tracy, and uh, and sort of got everything all set up, and then started sitting down with these guys, and uh, and you know we bumped into a few of them on Thursday, and and sort of said, hey, how's it going, and and uh, uh, we we'd gone to the Her Universe booth before the uh, the convention had really opened up mm-hmm. so uh, Ashley Eckstein was there and uh, and we had a little conversation with her and we got pictures which that's my current Facebook photo um, until I can get that picture of me and JC with uh, with Dave Filoni that's the one I plan on replacing it with um, so I'm just <laughs> waiting to get that from JC but I we sort of bumped into them but then we got to sit down with them and and have conversations and I uh, I was a fan before, yeah. But you know, I was a fan of their work previously. You know, I was a fan of Star Wars and the Clone Wars and and you know the voices that they portray. But now that I've met them, I'm a fan of these people. Like Ashley Eckstein is one of the coolest people I've ever met. She talked to us like we were you know friends. Yeah. Like we we just met and 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 you know we're press and I'm sure she'd done five or six interviews before us. And uh, and and has obviously been doing this for a while. And season three is coming up, so she's probably getting tired of talking about it. But but she just sat with us, and we had a really great conversation. And then we moved on to uh, to James Arnold Taylor, who was awesome enough to give us uh, an intro outro. I know our new intro that uh, you guys just heard earlier. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, and and did multiple takes for it. And gave us stuff to work with. And then when we were done the Obi-Wan intro, he goes, so uh, do you want me to do a Plo version? And I was oh, like, oh, man, I was I was like speechless for a half a second and then was like, uh, yeah, what am I going to say? I'm not going to say no. <laughs> Go yeah. for it. And he was like, he was like, yeah, OK. And he, and he did. He did it like he did more versions of it. And and just to be that that accessible and that cool about like you guys are a fan podcast and we really respect you guys getting information out there and you know you know getting people excited about the show so here we're gonna we're gonna repay you guys and it's like you know talking with us in the first place is all the payment that we need you know like like just saying hi is is good enough but then to give us the access that they gave us and and to sort of just automatically make the jump from from hey nice to meet you to let's have a conversation and like let's be friends sort of thing you know like like they were really just some of the coolest people that i've ever met uh we also got to talk with tom kane uh and then uh and then Catherine tabor as well oh. and uh and i grabbed matt lanter for a second and uh nice. you guys will hear all of this i'm gonna i'm gonna put this all together as an audio podcast Coming soon. Uh, after this one, yeah. This one will go out in this whatever week you guys are listening to it. Uh, and then the following week we're going to do uh, all of the, the audio. And hopefully I can get some of the video up as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, they were really cool people to meet. And uh, and I, it was probably I, way better than I could have ever hoped for. You know, like I, I sort of had this idea in my head of what it was going to be like to be press. And how how I was gonna have to get in, get out, get the job done, be professional, and that sort of thing. But then these guys were like, "Hey, how's it going?" You know, yeah. they just wanted to sort of hang out and uh, and 
and I, I can't say thank you enough. So if any of any of them listen to this podcast, uh, I just take a moment again to say thanks for being being so cool, being awesome, and uh, and and really uh, blowing my expectations out of the water. Yeah. How how was it for you, uh, JC, stepping in in, well, in my in my stead for me there? Well, I didn't get a lot of FaceTime on the camera because I was the cameraman, but it, it was really great to meet Ashley uh, at the Her Universe booth because we were in there before the hordes of people, so she had time to talk to us. And then um, I think probably my favorite part was Wednesday night going in there and totally getting roped into going to a panel that you know we weren't really expecting. It was yeah. uh, We were at the Hasbro booth. Just checking everything out, and right over our shoulder, Dave Filoni's right there doing his thing too. You know, checking everything. And so that that was really really cool because we were in there as press, and he talked to us for a bit. Told us he totally roped us in with this whole rain thing that was kind of an inside joke for him and his buddies. Yeah. And they got us all excited to come to his panel. Uh-huh. So yeah. Yeah. that was really fun. Um, I totally didn't notice Cat when she opened the door and held open the door door for us to come in and Mike was just like, dude, do you know who that was? I was like, no. He's like, that, that, that's Amadala. She was holding the door for you. I was like, oh, that's really cool. So they're just really cool people and really down to earth. Yeah. You know? I'm getting to talk to Tom Kane and James Arnold Taylor and who's a lot shorter in person than I, than I expected. <laughs> yeah. Tom, Tom, Tom Kane was giving, my computer was having issues when we first got there. It was having issues starting up, and, and Tom Kane starts going on, giving us computer advice. <laughs> and it was like, it's kind of like, wow. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Yoda. You know, Yoda's like, helping oh, you out. Yeah. 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 If you said it in Yoda voice, it would have been great. Yeah. It was, it was pretty cool. Like, St- I got to talk to. D. Bradley Baker for a second while Mike was doing uh, Force Unleashed 2 stuff with Tom Kane. And so that was pretty cool because I'm more of a fan of him besides the clones uh, as his talents as um, Klaus on American Dad. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he, taught, he t- did his Klaus voice for me for a second made me happy. But then he made me sad by saying that American Dad probably won't be back for another season. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, that was my little hit the rock. <laughs> Steve, uh, I, have you had a chance to meet any of these guys yet, or was this the first time? Uh, which guys are you talking about? As far as the Clone Wars actors, or the voice actors? Again, you obviously think I'm bigger in the podcasting world than I am. Yeah, this was the first time I'd had a chance to, to meet any of these guys. Um, I, I got to spend some time talking to James Arnold Taylor a little bit, not in any official capacity. I uh, bumped into him at a party. And... Um, and told him it was really cool to hear him say Big Honk and Steve and Plo Koon's voice on the Force cast. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and for then, then for him to turn around, and I don't know if I need to say this publicly um, so you can edit it out, but for him to turn around and tell me that in that Mandalorian contest that my song was his favorite uh, really was ah, cool. Ah, yeah, um, that's right. And, and so, uh, so I talked to him a bit, and um, you know he was real amicable to setting up an interview at some point uh, for Geek Out Loud, which I thought was cool. Excellent. Uh, we got to hang out with Dee Bradley Baker a little bit uh, in the hallway after the press conference, and I talked to him a little bit that night. We were standing in the George Lucas line. Um, I didn't get to talk to Tom Kane much, but James Arnold Taylor and Dee Bradley Baker were just so cool, and they were so friendly. 
and and so appreciative of the fans. And then I got to stand out with uh, Jason and Jimmy Mack and sit in on a conversation with uh, Dave Filoni after the press conference. And, you know, it was nothing. It's one of those things where where we weren't sitting there in, like, official, ooh, let me ask you this question about the Clone Wars interview capacity. It was just sitting there talking to other fans. And, and I think that was what was so cool about the guys from the Clone Wars is these guys are fans of the franchise. Um, you know, this right, isn't just right. a paycheck for them. They truly enjoy what they're doing, and they're truly fans of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that came across, in every, and they treat the fans of the Clone Wars so great. They are so kind to the fans. And, get, and, and like I said, they gave the fans a ton this past weekend. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And, and if anyone ever has anything bad to say about any of the cast of the Clone Wars, I'll, I'll pop them in the kisser. Uh, <laughs> because, yeah. because, I mean, seriously, there's, if you've got a problem with any of those people, you've got a problem. Because they were all the most personable, friendly people that you could ever expect. And, and it was just so great to, 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 for that to be the case. None of them carried themselves. And they all have every right. They, you know, um, especially your James Arnold Taylor, D. Bradley Baker, Tom Kane, they have the right to be kind of aloof, you know, based on their credentials. You know, right, they, right. they have every right in the world to, you know, to an extent to kind of be like, you know what, I'm a little bit above this. This is just another gig for me, but it's not. And you can tell that they get how special it is and, and how special it is to their fans. So it was really it was really neat. And, and it was neat to talk to D. Bradley Baker and kind of get confirmed stuff I didn't know about the new Avatar cartoon. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. The last Airbender cartoon. <laughs> to, to have him do, because he, in Avatar, he doesn't really do many voices, uh, but he does actually the sound effects for uh, Appa and Momo. And, uh, he, and he did off and Momo. Yeah, and he just does them. And it's like there's no, there's no effect there. He makes those noises. Like when he does Appa, it's the greatest because it's not just like a sound that he makes. It's a full physical performance that he gives. <laughs> he he yeah. brings his hand up to his nose and he sort of grabs the bridge of his nose and he shakes his hand while he does it. And he's like... Do you hear voice actors refer to to their their vocal capacity as their instrument, right? And and it's sort of like watching a musician. Like he just sort of goes and he does his thing, and you're like, did that noise just come out of your mouth? It just came out of you. Like you're a human being replicate like not replicating creating these sounds. And it it was uh, it was really cool just to see how amazingly talented these people are because you, well, you watch it crazy. in a video or whatever but it's, it doesn't do it justice and what's crazy is is no one asked him to do it he just <laughs> he does just it. does them huh yeah 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 and and that's that's pretty cool to me is that you know uh you know frank oz if you ask frank oz to do yoda he won't do yoda um you know and and he's got his reasonings for it and everything and it's real artistic and all and that's fine um but to me, it just speaks volumes for someone when they know what they're popular for. They know, yeah. they know why you're, why they've got food on the table, and they don't mind going to that well whenever. I think it's just so cool. And um, and 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 for him, I would have never looked at him and said, "Hey, could you do Momo and Appa for me?" I would have never done that to D. Bradley Baker. Yeah. But he just, I just mentioned them, and he did it, and um, and yeah. it was cool. It was a neat moment. Yeah, I mean, James Arnold Taylor, sometimes you, you, you got to stand there and wonder, like, when was the last time I heard him talk in his actual voice? Yeah. <laughs> like, you'll be having a conversation yeah. with him. And it's like, um, 
sorry, Obi-Wan, is, is James there? Because I have a question for him. Because <laughs> he'll just, he'll start and he'll go. In one of the panels, he went on for like over two minutes. And he went through, I'm fairly sure, and I could be wrong because he could be more talented than I could possibly imagine. But he went through a good like 30, 40 characters in two minutes going like from one voice to the next sort of linking them together and how they sound similar uh, in the voice actors panel and it was just like holy smokes how do you know what your voice actually sounds like it's like a like a woman who's dyed their hair so many times they don't remember what color their natural hair color is i don't know that james arnold taylor knows how he actually sounds (laughs) <laughs> they, 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 his voice that he talks in might be another character. Cause yeah, if I, if I ever have the chance to talk to him again, my first question will be is, when did you forget what your actual voice sounds like? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it was, it was really cool. It was amazing. Well, listening to the panel that you guys, uh, that you guys recorded, it, you get the feeling that, like you guys already talked about, that um, it's more than just, it's more than just a, a job, you know? There are, you know, they do these lines, but then they, when they watch the show, they just know what they're talking about when they're talking about it. I listened to all the questions that were asked in that panel, and this brings me to another point. And, Steve, this is probably a good question for you and, and Mike as well. Um, in that panel, I heard a lot of questions from Star Wars like bloggers and a lot of podcast questions. Now, is it seems like the podcasting, it's like they're giving them a – a little more respect as far as as podcasts are concerned like it's the new the new cnn or the new entertainment weekly you know what i mean is they give maybe give a little more to the podcast because that's the going to be the core audience you guys starting to feel that now these days especially you steve because i know you've had some you've had brian austin green on your show before yeah he's um, a good friend of yours I, you know i think as far as the people at lucasfilm are concerned when it comes to star wars you know lucasfilm has realized that this is a fan-driven medium anymore. As cool as having all the kids are and the generation upon generation upon generation of kids is, that this is a fan-driven medium. And Lucasfilm has always striven to be at the forefront of any new technology, of any new means of getting you know their, their word out there and everything. And I think they see that podcasting is the way to go. Right. Uh, especially right. a lot of the people they have in their publicity departments and their press departments and that sort of thing. And so... Um, and really, when it comes to the access that, that podcasts and that sort of thing were given to the Clone Wars people, especially this year, you've got to give props to guys like the Force cast who have really paved the way and have done a lot of heavy footwork to yeah. show that this is a viable medium. Um, right, you know, yeah. you've got you've got over there, you've got Jimmy Mack, who his his background is in uh, legitimate radio and television broadcasting. And and so you know he's known how to go after the people and get the interviews and 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 has shown them that this is a place to to peddle their wares here on these little things we call podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I and I think that uh, that what what you'll begin to see happen is 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 while everyone will always have a podcast, you know, and that's kind of where we're at now is everybody's got a podcast. You're going to see the the cream rise to the top. You're going to see the really good podcasts kind of continue to grow and continue to press forward and continue to move forward by making smart decisions like getting press passes for things like celebration five. <laughs> and then, and then you're going to see, then you're going to see the mediocre podcasts that are just doing it for fun and a hobby on the side begin to kind of, you know, fall off and dwindle away like geek out loud who 
you know, I was going as a total fan, and it never crossed my mind. I'm like, oh, I'll wear a Geek Out Loud t-shirt every day, but it never crossed my mind. I should really try to get a, a press pass for this thing. And you would have got I should one, really, too. I should really print myself up some business cards to take and, and hand out to people as I speak to them. I'm seeing Cohen do all this stuff, and I'm like, this guy knows what he's doing. I should have never even gotten into this whole thing. So, um, uh, you know, you Cohen You can't was, say that because you're putting the, the, the cart before the horse because I wouldn't be a podcaster. If it weren't well, for uh, for you and Derek, so and right. the guys well, of course cast as well. But of course, you stepped it up a notch, so um, you know you kicked it up a notch from what I do. And uh, you and, know, I was just really worried that they were going to take my passes away. Like I'll be honest, it has nothing to do with <laughs> me being like I'm a professional. I have to, you know, whatever. It was like it was like, oh my god, if if I don't do this right, they'll never give me passes again. They might the kick me out of the convention. I can't afford to pay for this. You know, like, it, it, I spent all my money just getting here. So so it was really, for me, it was like, I got there, I handed the guy my business card, and he was like, oh, that's cool, I don't need that. And I was like, oh, I'm glad I spent $200 on getting these printed. <laughs> Dude, um, <laughs> you, that, is, that was $200 well spent, because every time I freaking turned around, Cohen was whipping out a Frontline's business card and Damn. handing it off somebody yeah. else, man. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, I wish I had Geek Out Loud business cards to hand out. So, <laughs> so next time, next time, Star Wars Fan Days next year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I have to ask one of you guys, did anybody get a tattoo, get married, or go speed dating? I want to hear JC? it. <laughs> uh, that'd be no to all three. Because, no to all three, uh, what? I already had the girlfriend, so I didn't need to go speed dating. I already have the tattoos, so I didn't need that. And uh, I was trying to get get her to go get committed, but uh, it didn't really work out that way. It sounds like so. you guys didn't didn't hang out at the Hoth bar long enough and didn't have enough death sticks before you started hitting that <laughs> tattoo partner. <laughs> I heard about those death sticks. I heard they were pretty potent. Uh, but uh, I, w- I walked into the Hoth bar just to see what it was like, but that's yeah. that's that's not really my scene. Uh-huh. Um, so I didn't I'll be honest. I didn't. I didn't step foot into the hot ice bar. It was weird because I would have liked to have seen what it looked like inside. But, but yeah, I just kind of walked past it a million times and was like, yeah, I'll check it out later. Yeah, I'll check it out later. You didn't get any blue milk or anything? No. Um. Oh, now listen. At the TFN party, there was a woman bring, carrying around a jug of, of blue, blue milk, and I think uh-huh. it was some kind of alcoholic. Uh-oh. Some type of adult beverage. Uh, they had one at the Chicago, the Uno place, the, the, the Uno Chicago Bar. Chicago Bar. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, they they had a drink they called Blue Milk, which was basically some type of uh, liqueur and some ice cream mix and something blue. Yeah, it was it was Caracau or whatever that stuff. Yeah. Blue, blue Curacao. Yeah, Blue Curacao. Yeah. Curacao. Yeah. So um, so you know it you know it, but. Uh, <clears throat> At the end of the day, I didn't get a tattoo. I didn't go speed dating, which I I was kind of tempted to try just for the fun of it. Uh-huh. But my but I knew what would happen. I would end up with all these ladies wanting me to call them. Yeah, yeah, it's, and, uh, it's the life, man. That's you know, life of big honking. When you're when you're when you're a <laughs> podcasting sex symbol. Um, <laughs> actually, it was kind of funny. I was standing there one day. I was just kind of catching my breath out in the exhibition hall and they had these life-size job of the hut statues there and uh and i was just kind of catching my breath and someone kind of nestled up to me thinking they were taking a picture next to one of the job of the hut statues um that's so wrong. Uh, that's wrong yeah uh but um 
but I didn't do tat. And I, you know, I'm still confused about that whole commitment thing. Were there actual weddings being performed, or was it just kind of like I commit to you this weekend to, you know, to be your BFF or to be your your date for the weekend or whatever the case may be? Because surely they weren't actually marrying people in that little chapel. Well, I hope not, because I think that I that Bonnie Burton from the Star Wars blog from StarWars.com got married to a uh, R2 to R2. Yeah. So <laughs> I should hope that's not legally binding. But, uh, <laughs> I'm sure that's not legally binding, but well, you know, I know, I know yeah. somebody came and was all really serious about it. Cause there was a girl there who had a real wedding dress on with a big, huge train and a little flower girl that was carrying the train for her. And her hubby was dressed up as Han Solo, and they did it, and then they immediately went over and got their pictures taken in the uh, the Falcon hallway there that they wow. had set up. So I think they actually might have brought their own, own minister to, to do the ceremony, so it would be, like, legal. That's what I heard. Yeah, but because you'd girl, have to, I mean, because wouldn't you have to be licensed? Up. Yeah. You'd have yeah. to be licensed in the state of Florida to be able to, to actually yeah. wed somebody. Yeah. So... Hmm. But anywho, well, they had they had the uh, some of the videos up on StarWars.com right now, and they were showing part of the, uh, the tattoo thing, and it was like, wow, there's some crazy, crazy stuff going on out there, and that's some serious love for for Star Wars when you're basically using your whole body as a mural, and some well, of the stuff a, they were showing, woo, wow. Well, you know, there's that book, Force in the Flesh, that oh yeah, kind yeah. of shows a lot of tattoos, and there are a lot of people like that. Yeah. Um, Guys, I'm going to have to wrap up mine of the conversation. So I'm going to, I'm just going to say uh, to everyone: if you think hanging out with Michael Cohen is a blast, you're completely right. Um, you know, I told I told Michael and JC this at at the at the end of the show, and I'll tell them again here. You know, guys, it was a great time, and and it was awesome to get to hang out with you guys and meet you guys. And uh, and Matt, you just missed out. Oh, I know. Um, I'm kicking myself I mean, there's still. nothing. There's nothing to it. I mean, you missed out. Yeah. And uh, and it was just a great, uh, a great time and, and a great weekend. And um and and I've already started my saving my money for celebration three fund. Um, I'm gonna do that. You know, now because as well. Lord, I got three years to save up probably. So yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, start saving now and 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 be ready to go. And I and I and like honestly, being at celebration five has made me seriously contemplate heading out to Dallas next year for fan days um, in, in Plano. Uh, you know, because I always hear great things about that. It, and, and from what I understand is Star Wars fan days out there is kind of like a mini celebration. So, mm. um, so I might, you know, I mean, that's really got me thinking about that. Just because the camaraderie and the enjoyment, I could not have had a better time, I don't think, than I had this year at Celebration 5. And if you ever have a chance to go to a Disney Star Wars weekend, to a Star Wars fan days, to Celebration 5. If you're a Star Wars fan, you need or to Celebration 5, to a Star Wars celebration of any kind. Uh, if you're a Star Wars fan, you need to go because it's well worth it. Um, guys, I've got to bolt, so I'm going to say thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for and being on, man. To to you guys. Yeah. yeah. And thank you, thank you for being at C5 because you definitely made the weekend. Uh, well, it was just a blast. JC, <laughs> yeah, it was. Fun. It's just fun. Yeah. It's a blast. It's a JC blast. made the weekend fun and a blast. So, um, yeah. uh, JC's like the. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, thanks a lot, guys. We'll talk to you guys soon. All right, definitely. All right, talk to you later, man. See you guys. Now, guys, before we we wrap up, this is the Frontlines podcast, the Clone Wars podcast, yep. and 
we should talk a little bit about, I think, maybe what was the second most talked about part of the whole celebration, because we have no movies, uh, no live action show, like I said earlier. And Clone Wars is kind of jumping, and uh, it's making its way up to the top as far as Star Wars is concerned. And we got a ton of stuff going on with the Clone Wars, Mike. Um, we got a new trailer, about a three-minute trailer. Yep. A lot of stuff going on in there. And like you said earlier, one of the first things and one of the big things that came out that that looks like we might have the brother of Darth Maul joining the Clone Wars. And that's pretty exciting. That's pretty exciting. Well, you know what? Before we get into that, let's uh, we're going to take a commercial break. Okay. Here, which is something we've never done on Frontlines before, but we are going to do that, and uh, and you're going to hear something, and then we're going to come back and uh, and get back into uh, talking about the Clone Wars. Okay. Uh, so we'll be back Let's in go. one second. Excuse me, but might I interrupt you for a moment? Metropolis Comics is a new breed of comic store. We're cleaner, brighter, we're constantly adapting, providing you with all the toys and comics you're looking for. Transformers, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh, Gundams, Final Toys, T-shirts and comics, movie toys, World of Warcraft, G.I. Joe and comics, comics, model supplies, statues, graphic novel, which is just another way of saying comics. We're right across the street from Metropound. Hold on, wait a minute. Did you say that you don't live here? Well, now you don't have to. Metropolis Comics and Toys is opening an online store. Did you just jump for joy? Stranger things have happened. For instance, some people badly want to shop with us online, but then they forget the website. Don't let this happen to you. www.metropolis-comics.com www.metropolis-comics.com The Secret Stash Online Okay, we're back from our first ever commercial break. Uh, and we're going to talk about the Clone Wars now. Uh, we're going we're to talk about the unbelievably huge amount of information that came out at Star Wars Celebration five uh this past weekend and uh oh man where to start we've talked a little bit about it in the first half of the episode but uh there's a lot more yeah um let's talk let's talk uh first about i think this is the biggest piece of clone wars news that we got all weekend and this came out of the uh the main event panel and then later on uh dave filoni spoke about it um, and that is the uh, the shelf life of oh yeah that was big Clone yeah. Wars and just how long this show's going to run. Um, previously, we were under the impression, and and we've always discussed it on the show this way, that it is going to be five seasons, and that at the end of five seasons, the series would be done. Um, now George made a few comments that sort of flew in the face of that, like that they were just starting to work on season five and that they've got a lot more planned. Uh, and then Dave later confirmed in the in the Star Wars, the Clone Wars Season 3 reveal panel that uh, they had set out for five years as, as, a, uh, as an optimistic goal. And now that they're three years in, they're going, well, for them, four, because they, they spent the first two years in pre-production. Yeah. Um, four years in... They're saying, we're going to go as long as you guys keep watching. And I think that the major reason for that just has to be that they are exceeding expectations of what an animated series can be on, on TV. Um, yeah. They are really honestly doing for animated television what Pixar did for animated movies. And right, they're, right. they're really bringing a lot of legitimacy and 
quality to the screen every week and giving us our mini movies uh, every week all year. And, uh, and as long as we keep watching it and as long as the ratings continue to break records, uh, we're going to have a Star Wars show to watch. Uh, and it's like they're going to keep making the Clone Wars. So, yeah. um, I mean, obviously it's going to have an end eventually. And I, I don't know that more than five years will really be to serve to the service of the show or not but that that being said i mean going into season three the stuff that we saw in c5 i don't know uh it, they could they could keep this quality up for a really long time they've been producing some amazing stuff yeah. throughout season two uh we talked about that on our last uh podcast with all of us on it and uh if yeah. they can keep it going like we'll keep going and that's just kind of the way it is i, I was I was kind of cool with five years and being like, yeah, okay, I can do a podcast for five years. And then at five years I'm out and, you know, sort of hand the reins over to somebody else. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure that a lot of people pick a show, start doing a podcast and get into it with that mindset. And then <laughs> they don't get to stop because the show doesn't stop. So, um, I mean, I know talking with Steve and Derek, having conversations with them and with how long Smallville has run, they just keep going. Yeah, you know, and Smallville's coming to a close, and they're kind of like, "Wow, you know, it's been a long road." So, yeah. Um, so, as a podcast, uh, we can also say, as long as they continue to make episodes of Star Wars: The Clone Wars, there will be a Frontlines: The Clone Wars podcast to listen to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot guarantee that five years from now, if we're going into season seven or something like that, that I'll necessarily be along for the ride. But, but I will. Like we'll always be here. Front lines will always be here. So um, yeah, I think so that was. Uh, there's your two big pieces of Clone Wars news. Yeah, and it was funny too because we always heard this 100 episode thing from yeah. from as long as I can remember, and and with 22 episode seasons, the math never kind of worked out. You know, it was yeah. like, well, that's that's 88 episodes for four seasons. Uh, what are they going to do with the fifth season? You know, or or what are they going? Is it going to spread out? The fifth season going to be uh, something else? Or you know, so always a numbers kind of thing to me. I was like, oh, how's this going to work? So, kind of makes sense now that it's going to be kind of up to the viewers, like you said, and up to the fans. And uh, but but again, after five six years, I I imagine it's it's going to have to it's going to wrap up. I I don't know. It's, it's tough to say now, but. Uh, We'll yeah. see, we'll see how it goes, and you know this season looks with a with a trailer. I mean, man, they just keep this the show keeps ramping up, and, and the quality of it, and and the the uh, I want to say attitude, but it just it just seems so much different from one to seeing some of the stuff in three. Yeah, yeah, I can only imagine if it if it goes past season five, what it will look like, yeah. because. Season three just takes this leap forward, this amazing leap forward. I mean, you could compare it to Sublight to Hyperspace from season two even. Season two was impressive. I enjoyed the heck out of it. We talked about that. Um, And it it was fantastic. And season one was great. Season one still holds my favorite episode. Um, And and there was really great stuff in season one. Uh, But what we've been told is that season three, what we've seen so far, what was shown at celebration five is the tip of the iceberg, right? They have so much more 
that they could show us, but you know, like there, there's a time for that, right? And then they'll show us when we get there, sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's amazing what they've been doing. Yeah. It, it, it's unbelievable to think that they're producing this show on a weekly timeline and and putting this out for us to enjoy on television for free. Right. You know, because they could be charging admission. I would pay the ticket price. Yeah. To yeah. get in to see some of this stuff, especially when they do a three episode arc, and uh, and and it really is a movie. It's a it's a an animated feature. If you string it all together and you cut it, you yeah. know, like it it would be an animated film. Yeah. Um, and when you guys get to hear the the interviews. Um, and and hear a little bit more and, and I mean the the podcast that just went out the uh, the press conference the stuff that's coming is is going to be amazing yeah well the you know lines, or like regardless yeah. of graphics and, and technical stuff and you know getting to see the commandos and that sort of thing the the storytelling is is really being stepped up and it's the stuff that they're doing some of the storylines that have been hinted at that uh, that we've discussed some of the stuff that I've heard not while well, we haven't been recording or other people have not been around because um, we were privy to a few conversations over the course of the weekend that uh, that were sort of private conversations as, as Steve sort of mentioned you know being just standing around and having Dave Filoni come up and just sort of enter the conversation and we're just talking about Star Wars and he just says blah 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 and you're like oh okay you know, like it was there. There's some there's some surprises for sure. Yeah. In store for everybody. Um, well, you yeah. talked about the story. You talked about the story, how how it's it's shaping up with some of the stuff that we've learned. And it just it just seems like they've abandoned that. Uh, this is a, a cartoon and it's, and it's for kids. Yeah. Uh, it just seems like they're they're going for. A. I want to say older audience or something because it just seems like I know my my five year old or five year old my seven year old he's not going to know what the heck's going on with some of these stories he just watches it for the action and uh, maybe that's a good mix where you can get you know if you like Star Wars you're going to like this I think yeah uh, well in 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 the panels whenever Dave was there and he was talking about the Clone Wars he was always very um sure to to know that he's making a show for everybody because star Wars are movies for everybody. And that's one of the greatest things that George Lucas has done for us is that he, he makes stuff that is entertaining for everybody. And you're always going to have your haters out there. You're always going to have people who say negative things. It doesn't matter how hard you work at it or what you include. There's no competing with it, but all they can do is put out a solid quality product and let it stand on its own. Mm-hmm. And they have done that so far. Um, and like we said, season two really stepped it up from season one. And season three just looks like it's going to do the same thing. So whereas I think a lot of what we've seen so far has been to get us adults excited about it because the kids don't need to get excited about it. Yeah, right, right. If you put Clone Wars on TV, they'll watch it. Oh, They're yeah. still happy to watch reruns of season one and season two. Um, so, so it, you know, when they put out trailers and that sort of thing, I don't think it's necessarily for that audience. 
So what we're seeing is sort of distilled Clone Wars. And, uh, and we're seeing a lot of the adult moments and the, and the darker storylines and the more mature stuff. Yeah. But from, from what they said, what I heard from everybody over the course of the weekend, that irreverent um, childlike quality that is in Star Wars, the humor and everything, it'll still be there. I mean, there's a storyline about 3PO getting kidnapped yeah. and... Uh, and Cad Bane's uh, robot buddy is back in that, um, and I, I believe it's going to be voiced by Seth Green. Seth Green sounds yeah. like it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, you have to imagine, like, that's gonna that story is going to have some some humor. It's also going to have Cad Bane in it, so it'll definitely have a lot of action and some very cool moments. But um, but that's not to say that the humor is gone, just because. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, we've got the uh, the new baddest bounty hunter in the galaxy. Yeah. In it. So, you know, like, it, we're, we're going to see a lot of that stuff. And they've really um, refined that humor. I think we saw that towards the end of season two. Oh, definitely. With Hondo's character. Oh, yeah. Was, um, it was a sophisticated humor. It was a humor that, that some in some instances kids could see and go yeah that was funny and like they could laugh at it but then there was other stuff like when Asajj and uh or not Asajj uh, uh what's her face uh the other white skin chick um or a thing or a thing thank you JC you've been silent <laughs> but wait you're, you're helpful um or a thing and Boba stepped down from the slave one and Hondo looks at Aura and says not one of mine, I take it. Yeah. You know, like that that's a joke for us. That's right, the kids exactly. Yeah. But but that was a joke for, for us uh, older folks. And uh, and that sort of stuff is now in there and I think that they're doing a better job making sure that we're amused as well as the kids being amused. I have to ask you guys, um, you know, the big controversy last season was the Mandalorians and this season it looks like they're gonna introduce a lot of things from some EU, uh, you know, we're getting the, you know, Asaz Ventress is coming back big. Yeah. We got the, you know, Darth Maul's apparent brother here. We got Dathomir and the Sith witches and stuff like that. Um, you guys think that we're going to have another one of those Mandalorian controversies where everybody's going to be on either one side or the other? Um, or it kind of sounds to me like, Filoni and them are really paying attention and, and trying to maybe not stray too far of what's going on in the EU. I don't I know if you guys got a feel of that when you were at the panels. Uh, well, I'll, JC, you go ahead and, and talk a little bit about this. I definitely feel that they're taking in the EU as a, into consideration because they are talking about how they lay out all kinds of source books and this and that, and they kind of pull from that and use that as a basis and then kind of go on from there for, you know, the inspiration for the show. And I think one of my favorite things that I kind of, you know, you had to put the pieces together was how he said he was a fan of the, the Thrawn trilogy. Mm-hmm. And then someone talked about EU characters coming in. So I think we're definitely going to see some of those characters that were around at that time make an appearance in the Clone Wars, like uh, Paleon. That's what, that's what I took from the question and answers that he took from that about EU characters and 
some of his favorite EU stuff. Um, but I really like how they are inserting a lot of the EU stuff into it. I mean, it may spark some controversy, like when they showed, you know, Dathomir and it was like all red. I was like, well, that's not really how I picture it, but you know, that that's how our own imaginations work. So it's like there's no yeah. real nothing too crazy going to go on. I hope in this next season that's going to throw people all in all in an uproar about EU stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, see here. This is I was sort of dreading this moment coming on the podcast. Um, as ever, like we could get into the whole thing of, of what went on with the EU last season, and uh, and I think if you go back and you listen to previous episodes, um, I definitely had a stance on it, and not to say that I disagree with myself now, but I don't know. Maybe I've been shown the light. Uh, okay. But my attitudes definitely changed, uh, especially with with the uh, the events of the weekend, and and having been there for um, for all the stuff in the main event panel, for for all the Clone Wars panels, for the, the why we love the prequels panel. Um, and I mean, I guess the biggest thing is that new clip from Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And, and just having it show that George was thinking about a lot of this stuff before we even knew what it was. Um, Dathomir, the Night Sisters, those were concepts that he had that were put into books. And and I think that we're only just now finding out how much he was involved with the expanded universe uh, as it grew over the course of you know the dark times when there was no movie to look forward to when there was no special editions to look forward to uh-huh. and they were just sort of putting stuff out in order to keep it alive and and i i'm getting the feeling now that a lot of those things were coming from the archives and from george's notes and from him yeah more so than we ever thought they were i mean they, it's it's always been sort of a thing that people say, oh, well, I thought all this was approved by George. And then somebody else will go, yeah, like he can approve all of this stuff. You think he reads all these books before they're published and that sort of thing? Um, and I think that we were just looking at it from the wrong perspective. Like other people were creating stuff and then he was approving it after the fact. I think that the truth of the matter is that it worked exactly like Clone Wars works, where George has lists of character names and notes and stuff like that. And he mentioned in the panel that uh, him and his son will be doing something and they'll see something written somewhere and they'll go, oh, that would make a really cool name. Right, we'll just yeah. change this and this, and that's a name for a character. And, uh, and when you hear about, somebody asked about Dirge showing up in the Clone Wars, and Dave Filoni was like, well, we did intend on putting Dirge in the Clone Wars. But then George came to us and said, why don't we use this other character I, I made up a while back uh, named Cad Bane? Why don't we throw him in there instead? And now we have Cad Bane. Yeah. And, and just look at what we've got in Cad Bane. Probably the best character to come along since oh, wow. the original trilogy, right? I mean, he fits in so well with the prequels and the originals. And there's a reason for that. George made him. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, yeah. Um, and, and I think that a lot of those other elements, they, they were created a long time ago to, uh, to use a vernacular. 
that's familiar to us, you know, but I, but not used in the films um, because I, either it wasn't feasible to do it or there wasn't time to stick them in or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But now George has the opportunity to explore these characters and that's exactly what he's doing. And, and so whereas I might not necessarily agree with the way that Mandalore looks and the way that that storyline came about and how that was done. At the same time, I had a certain perspective on the prequels and now 10 years later, or almost, well, 11 years late after episode one. Yes, change of the one. Had my, 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 all of my preconceived notions shattered. Yeah. And it's only a matter of time before that happens with this other stuff. We're going to see more of the Mandalore plot uh, right, right. happen in season three. And and I got to say, like, at this point now, I'm just, I'm, I'm converted and I'm faithful that we're, if we sit back and we trust what George Lucas is doing and the story that he's trying to tell, he's going to show us that, you know, all of the groundwork that was laid in those three episodes is going to pay off later on. Yeah. And you can't look at it on a one episode or a three episode arc basis. You have to look at it as the Clone Wars as a whole and then as the saga as a whole. And you have to let each piece of it enrich each other. And at the end of the day, he made the movies and he made the movies that he wanted because he could. And it's as pure a form of storytelling as you're likely to get in film. And it's never going to happen again. Mm Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and he's doing the same thing with the Clone Wars. So this is pure, undistilled George Lucas, right? Yeah. Like Dave Filoni is really just working as his, uh, as, as, as an extension of him in order to get this done. And, and although, you know, uh, Dave throws in his stuff every once in a while and he talks about that, um, he talked about it in a few of the panels. Um, at the same time, it's it's like like the story that Steve was telling that Dave always tells about how he said, well, Anakin doesn't have a Padawan. And George said, yeah, he does. And, it, and it's like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anakin does have a Padawan. And whether or not we thought he didn't, because we made assumptions, now we know we were wrong. Yeah. And this is the way that it actually is. And whether or not we thought that Boba Fett fame came from Concord Dawn and that he was once journeyman protector Jester Muriel, you know, like, we were wrong. That's not the story. He's a clone. And Jango Fett isn't a Mandalorian. He was adopted by the Mandalorian. So there's Mandalorians that don't think that he's a Mandalorian because they're more fanatical about it, you know? Like, now we're learning all this stuff and rather than get angry about it, I think what we need to do is we need to just sit back and go, oh, we've been corrected, you know? Yeah, like, right. um, I don't agree with the way that things were handled with with, uh, with Karen Travis stuff, with the... the, the right, the right. ...and all that. But at the same time, you know, she didn't react maybe in the best way and and they maybe didn't uh cooperate fully in the best way and things could have been done differently on both sides but 
at the end of the day, George said, this is what we're doing. And you have to, you have to respect that because it is his story. Yeah. Yeah. I used to have the perspective that, you know, he's sort of, he's created it and he's let it go. And now it's out there and he's given other people the reins, but that's not the case. It seems like much like Sidious, <laughs> he's uh, he's in the background there, pulling strings and and still, um, you know, controlling what we see, and and what we're getting and what the Clone Wars is and what Star Wars is, and so he's never really let go of his saga. We oh, just no. thought, you know, like we were yeah. just under the false assumption that that he done everything that he needed to do and now it was up to so um so heading into season three yes there are going to be things that fly in the face of current continuity but mm-hmm. you know maybe it. well maybe That's not the way it is yeah you know the reason i asked too is is because well one you said it uh, earlier that dave filoni pretty much said yeah lucas is still heavily involved not only in the show, but, you know, Star Wars in general. Yeah. And and his daughter, Katie, is actually, she's writing, she's writing and she actually referenced some of the expanded universe because she's yeah. in charge of the, it looks like she's going to be in charge of the Ventress story arc. So, yeah, she, she wrote the, the, the whole three-episode arc okay. for Ventress and yeah. has tied in Dathomir and the comic books and the micro-series and the Clone Wars series, and she's she's worked hard to tie that all together. Um, yeah, and it's sort of you know what, like if it's if it's not coming from George, it's it's coming from his daughter. So coming from a Lucas. <laughs> at which point, yeah, it's it's kind of like, are you gonna argue with that? I'm not gonna argue with that. You know, like that's a legacy there, and you know, yeah. that's just the way it is. You know, uh, it's uh, it's. It's George's sandbox. We just get to play in it. Yeah. You know, and uh, and and so like I, I don't know. I guess I've been converted. Uh, like I like I said, you know, seeing George in the flesh was almost a spiritual experience for me. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I'll ever doubt the Maker again. <laughs> <laughs> Do not doubt the Maker. Yeah, you know, we had mentioned earlier about. Uh, Savage Opress, and I wonder if, you know, Darth Maul was such a popular character. I mean, he was, you know, one of the biggest things to come out of Star Wars in a long time, and everybody was really upset that he got got killed, but that was just part of the story arc, and that's what he was used for. Uh, I wonder if this is a chance for Lucas to bring back all someone, you know, it's his brother, so... You know, maybe a little bit different uh, fighting style, but you know, we basically know nothing yet that that this could be his brother. But I wonder if that's just like, hey, fans, I know that you love Maul, but hey, this was a part of Maul. This is part of Star Wars, the the prequel trilogy, and this was his fate. But uh, you know, we got his brother here, kind of like a little bit of a carrot for us or something like that. What do you guys think? Could that Jay-Z, be? What, what do you think? I think, oh, it, it's really hard to. I don't know. It, the whole Darth Maul brother thing. I'm just up for it. I'm open for whatever they want to give me, whatever they want to tell me. I will gobble it right down. Yeah. I'll just 
yeah. as is. I won't argue with it and be like, oh, well, he was supposed to be, you know, some orphan from Iridonia and this and that. I, you know what? Yeah. They could have a whole, you know, other side to his family that nobody really knew about, you know? So it's just like, I'll take whatever they want to tell me. The fact that he's Pittsburgh Steelers colors kind of bugs me being a New England <laughs> Patriot. Yeah. So, he's uh, yellow you know, and black instead of red and black. Yeah. 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 He said it a couple of times. That's why he's that color, but. Yeah. Oh well. That's funny. Yeah. I, I, I'll I would, take it. And yeah. Love it. I'm, I'm stoked about all this. I mean, it, yeah. not only the some of this EU stuff coming in, uh, some of the some of the prequel trilogy coming in, like with this and, and seeing uh, is uh, who's the other oh, is that Luke, uh, the other Ahsoka uh, type character? Shock T. Shock T. God, I'm just drawing a blank all of a sudden. Shock T coming in, who was supposed to be in episode one, but I think she got cut or whatever. But just you know, not only original trilogy stuff coming in, but prequel trilogy and some of the EU and some of these things that we've read about. All coming together for the Clone Wars. It's so cool, and I'm just so looking forward to that. Especially seeing that trailer. I mean, with the with this with the Dathomir stuff and, and the Night Sisters, and then they show this clip with Count Dooku, and he's and he's he's in this lightsaber battle with two guys, and it's really hard to tell. Maybe you guys can help me out. I don't even know what they were. Some kind of ghosts or something like that. Did you see that clip? Uh, yeah, yeah, we did see the clip, and actually, I've seen it a couple of times. And um, long version. Yeah, and and Dave sort of let the cat out of the bag by saying, you know, like we've shown these clips, and I'm sure that a lot of you out there have put this together already, and you're starting to figure this out, and you're starting to see what the story is. There's more to it than what's on the surface, but um, from the clips that we saw, we saw a, uh, a scene of Ventress returning to Dathomir um, and uh, and sort of being welcomed back by them, but also not really being welcomed back. Uh, and then we see a clip of three invisible beings attacking Dooku with lightsabers. Now these three people have lightsabers. Uh, they definitely look female. And when you see their faces, which you do, you see parts of their faces, they look like Night Sisters. So they look like they're more more of Ventress's people. And then uh, we see in the trailer, in a very quick cut, we see uh, Dooku and Ventress training together. Like Dooku and Ventress. It's sort of like a Karate Kid moment where like Dooku Montage. is doing stuff. Yeah. yeah, and and Ventress is like sort of following the motions with him along with him, but she has a green lightsaber in that scene. And, oh yeah, uh, okay, yeah. And and those out of those invisible beings that look like Asajj Ventress, one of them does have a green lightsaber, and the other two, I believe, have blue lightsabers. So, um, from what I can tell, I would think that you know these these. Night sisters tried to assassinate him, and then he took Asajj and made her his apprentice. And then, you know, we know the rest of the story from there, essentially. Um, but but it seems that that's what what that is. It seems like those invisible beings, as far as I can surmise, and this is all speculation on my part, um, 
that they are night sisters. I mean, it would it would hold with it because yeah. um, that's sort of almost a magical thing, but it's also sort of like the force. Um, and uh, and I could see that very much being the case with the story. But uh, you know, we all saw the trailer for episode one and thought that we knew the story for that, and then sat down and we're like, oh, that's the story. So I could be totally. Huh. Yeah, and, and, and we get to go back to Camino, and the big thing uh, this year was they get to do water, and they finally figured out how to do it correctly, uh, or the way they wanted it to look. Yeah. So we're going to spend some time on, it uh, looks like, Camino, and, and with the clones, too. So, um, and then Yeah, all... Camino's going to be really big this year, um, yeah. between The Force Unleashed and, and the beginning of the Season 3 of The Clone Wars. We're going to spend a lot of time on Camino, which... Uh, which is cool for me specifically, personally, because uh, our, the local fan force here in Vancouver is Topoka City Fan Force, um, which is the, you know the capital of Camino. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, that's that's cool for me because I've always liked Camino and uh, had a special connection to it through that. So, to get to see it in the Clone Wars is very cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it looks like that battle on Camino is going to be one of the standout moments in the series so far. I mean, what we saw, unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable stuff. Just some of the greatest action they've done so far. Ryloth trilogy and landing in Point Rain all put together. Like everything they learned on those episodes, they're putting to good use in this one in a completely new environment. Uh, with new clone troopers and and just some amazing stuff. So that's one of the things I'm probably looking forward to. Yeah, that was going to be one of my questions too. Is uh, is season three going to have anything like landing at Point Rain? Where visually, are they going to try to push yeah. the envelope? You know, and it looks like that whole trailer. I was like, okay, there's my question right there answered. With everything. With yeah. Everything. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, yeah. Yeah. We've seen in both trailers, we've seen snippets of this giant space battle. And I've yet to be able to put together where exactly the space battle's taking place. Hopefully but, it's over Camino. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm hoping, too, is that it's going to be over Camino, and it's going to be in that three episodes about Camino. Um, but the biggest thing is, like, especially in that new trailer, it, it just reeks of Return of the Jedi. It, it just, like, it is so classic trilogy space battle. Yeah. And it's exactly what I've been asking for since this series started, since the beginning of the prequels. You know, yeah. so 11 years I've been waiting, and I'm finally going to get my space battle the way I want it. Yeah. Like, like, in Return of the Jedi, the Battle of the Second Death Star. And it, it looks like that, and it's... I'm just hoping that it's not going to be another five-minute battle at the beginning of an episode, followed by character stuff i want a full 15 minutes of space battle you know like i want i want the whole episode to be about starfighters and dog fights and you know attacking ship to ship and all that sort of thing just like it was in in a new hope and return of the Day. oh yeah definitely um i thought i heard something in the panel too uh d bradley baker was talking about voicing the clones and rex did did I hear something about Captain Rex or either was Rex or Cody having a, a big story arc in this season as well, or or 
something uh, big going on with them. Did I hear that correct? One of, it, in the in the press conference, I think they talked about rookies a lot because okay. somebody asked what everybody's favorite episode was, and uh, and and rookies was one of the ones that sort of jumps to mind for a lot of people. I think for especially for a lot of the cast. Yeah. Um, and I think because they all respect D's amazing ability to carry an entire episode on his own. <laughs> on his own, yeah. Um, as multiple characters, all with the same voice, yeah, yeah, an individual, right? Um, and I think I think like it, that can't be overlooked, and they obviously haven't overlooked it because we're we're essentially one of the things that D said was if you enjoyed rookies, you haven't seen anything yet. Like huh. just wait, yeah, yeah, for season three because the whole story on Camino, it's that times a million you know like yeah <laughs> probably literally because there are so many clone troopers on Camino um and and the way that in in some of the clips and in the trailers and stuff like that that you see the 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 emotion and the and the gravitas and and just the, the depth of that story of like they're they're coming to attack the clone homeworld essentially and these guys are soldiers and they're not going to give up without a fight. They're not going to let you take their home without a fight. They're not going to let you right. put it to mm-hmm. their to their race, to their species, right? Like it's genocide essentially. That's how they consider it. And and they're not going to let that happen. So yeah. Um, some of those clips are some of the most striking clips in in everything that we've seen so far. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. And I'm really hoping I'm really hoping that the commandos will be in there and uh yeah and working hard to bring us part of that story. well that but was I think, that was your question I, too yeah i i think that we're going to see the commandos i think that they have a connection to the ryloth storyline because it looks like we've got another story on ryloth right exactly yeah, yeah. Hmm. and i think that they're going to be connected to that one yeah. but uh i i mean i there were several questions asked by several people once the commandos had been revealed you know what kind of capacity are we going to see them in are they just making a cameo appearance is there going to be a storyline solely about them um i think we might get a a cameo appearance closer to the beginning of the season and then maybe a full episode about them later on in the season because Mm -hmm. uh, as dave mentioned uh, in several of the panels they had literally finished those that scene those shots that they revealed. Oh right, yeah. Days before. Days, yeah. not even days before, but like, but like Wednesday. Yeah. They had they to be like sent to him. Yeah. Thursday. Yeah, and they had to be sent to him by a secure line, um, so that he could show them, and uh, and that just kind of goes to to show, you know, like it's gonna be a bit before we get this story, <clears throat> because these guys were just done. That being said, like I'm, I mean, I'm sure that they could throw them in to one of the episodes in the in the beginning and just have them sort of there. But I don't know if that would be a proper service to the characters. Yeah. Well, that was a, you know, we got, like I said, we got a ton of news. We got the new trailer. So it's really shaping up to, to be another fantastic clone wars year. Uh, and we only have shoot less than a month away now, um, as of this recording. So it's right around the corner. Uh, well, I believe it's September. Oh crud! I'm dropping the. Let me grab this. I think it's the seventeenth. 
17th. In 17th, 19th. yeah. So it's on, it's on uh, Cartoon Network. Cartoon so. Network. Looks like it's going to be another one-hour uh, season opener. So um, from what I've read, and we'll confirm that uh, probably in a couple weeks here. So ton of stuff going on, Clone Wars. So it was really cool to have you guys down there and, and get that all that info for us. Um, anything else as far as a celebration, though, that you guys – want to uh talk about i mean any any exclusive toys you guys picked up or anything like that um <laughs> I, I can't i can't say that there 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 was much of that that i was really focused on i mean there was so much work to do yeah and i know i know that um that we maybe didn't get out as much information as people were hoping and we didn't get out as much information as i was hoping to be able to but um Power outlets were difficult to find. Uh, uh, steady steady Wi-Fi was definitely difficult to find. Um, I wasn't in a capacity that I could do any uploading of any kind other than pictures. Yeah. So um, the uh, the photos you got from day one and the uh, and the screen caps of the commandos were really all that I was able to manage. But um, but at the same time, I mean, it was a full weekend of running from this place to that place trying to get interviews and and content and that sort of thing so um you guys may not have seen much yet you've only gotten the one episode and then this episode but there is going to be a full hour episode probably closer to two hours full of interviews yeah and audio um so lots so, more uh, stuff there coming. is there is lots more stuff still coming from our c5 coverage yeah uh, stuff that's maybe not as time sensitive i mean uh, the press conference I wanted to get out first because it was a press conference. So it's kind of the more timely stuff. But the interviews are a little bit more general and um, and a little bit more talking about, like, like uh, the process of, of being in the phone or, like, being voice acting in the phone course and that sort of thing. So um, as we get a little closer to, you know, uh, season three premiere, you'll, you'll get more of that stuff. Right. But... Um, well, I don't know, JC. Was there anything that you, anything else that you wanted to mention? Um, just the fact that we got to meet so many cool people. Um, the coolest thing that I got all weekend was the pair of T-shirts, the "I love you, I know." So, oh, you did get those? Okay. Yeah, we we ended up wearing those when we went to Hershey Park a couple of days later, and just everybody was like, "Oh my God, those shirts are awesome! Where did you get those?" We're like, "Oh well, you know, just yeah. this past weekend we were in Orlando hanging out, doing Star Wars stuff." Nice. So that was definitely my favorite thing that I picked up. And, uh, yeah, I think between my girlfriend and I, we got, like, ten T-shirts. So there was a lot, <laughs> a lot of clothing purchased. Yeah. Well, JC, this you've been to other celebrations before, right? Oh, I lost. From Lego, which is a little excessive, but they look really cool. So I guess it was worth it. <laughs> yeah. JC, you've, you've been to other, another celebration before, right? Yeah, I went to C3, and okay, okay. I think the big, the big thing back then was getting the Darth Vader, you know, that said stuff about celebrations, but I didn't see that item, you know, at this one. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, uh, overall, what was the difference, and was C5 uh, overall run better as far as a celebration than C3? Uh, I'd have to say C5 was world's better it was oh, run wow. okay differently um there wasn't a lot of overlapping for scheduling 
I didn't feel super rushed to go from this panel to that panel to this panel to that panel. Um, this, the store was set up just amazingly, and it was pretty they open. Had, just, to, just to give everybody an idea, they had a queue line set up for the celebration store that was, uh, it was essentially like the whole width of the, uh, or I should say length of the, uh, the exhibition hall. And they never used it. They never had to. They were oh. they were able to get people in there, and uh, and buying stuff without ever having to queue anybody up because there was more than enough room for everybody. And and I don't know if that's uh, you know they they didn't have as many people as they were expecting or they were just uh, overly prepared. But um, better to have the queue and not use it. Hell than yeah. To not have it in yeah. Way. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was. Uh, I've never been to a Star Wars celebration, but I have been to Penny Arcade Expo twice, and uh, and we have a local convention here called Anime Evolution, and um, and and C five of all of the uh, the conventions I've ever been to, I do have to say was probably one of the best. I mean, I never really felt like we were in line for too long for anything, save maybe for. Lucas panel, but that's understandable. Um, and uh, and when we were in line, you know, uh, the people were awesome. That the you know on either side of you, you could have a conversation with somebody, and people were not um, shy or, or or rude or anything like that. So um, not just the people who ran the convention, but the people who went to the convention were all awesome. So yeah, yeah. Um, and and I mean, if we didn't. We didn't get really get to do the meetup, and that was my fault for not really picking a place well in advance because uh, you know not everybody had internet access, and and, uh, and that was a little sketchy. But um, so I apologize for that. And uh, next time around, whatever big event we we uh, attend next, we will definitely do a better job of that. But um, but uh, the people that we did get to meet that are listeners to Frontlines. Uh, thank you for listening, and thank you for mentioning it when you met us, and and, uh, and all that. And uh, for those that we didn't get to meet, uh, I, uh, huge apologies because the whole reason I was there was for the listeners and for the Clone Wars fans. So uh, I just hope that the content that we got is uh, is compensation enough for you guys. Well, it sounds like you got a lot of good stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as the convention, I I've heard that uh same thing from as, as you guys said that it was run very well lines were good there's tons of room that the only problem i heard of was just the uh the queue for the uh artist alley uh apparently that was a sort of a fiasco where people had to wait hours and hours in line to to pay for their art that was the yeah, only thing i heard yeah, of the artist alley was really busy up until sunday and then uh steve and i sort of cruised through there on Sunday, and by Sunday, a lot of it had been picked over. Um, but still, I mean, there were a lot of artists with a lot of prints left, which is just sort of a shame, because it seems like it, it seemed like it was so busy, I felt like, you know, everybody was going to get their uh, due attention, and there, and there was a fan of every one of those artists going through there, but... Uh, but I don't know, if you guys, if, if, if anybody's out there and they didn't get the art that they wanted because they they were there on only only on Saturday or only for two days or something like that, and it was just too much of a crowd. 
um, I would suggest trying to get in contact with those artists because it seemed like they had a lot of prints left over. Yeah. With the exception of a couple of the artists like Grant Gould and, and Tom Hodges and you know some of the bigger ones, um, there was a lot of Star Wars artists there that had stuff left over. And, uh, and that's a shame because I've done that as an artist. I've, I've done a convention and you, you put a lot of money and a, and a big investment into it. Um, and to travel that far is an investment in itself. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so definitely hit them up and show them some appreciation because uh, they deserve it. They're, they're all amazing artists. We saw some really great stuff. I wish that I had had more money so that I could have purchased some of it because there were about four or five pieces of art <clears throat> that I really wanted. Um, in particular, one, uh, oh man, the name of the artist is, uh, is escaping me and I'll see if I can find him on the website while I'm talking about it. But he did this, uh, this illustration of the falcon from the underside sort of zooming overhead on Hoth and it it looked like uh, like like one of the Macquarie paintings like it had uh -huh. that same feeling to it uh -huh. but at the same time like something new that we hadn't seen before and uh, and I just thought wow like that it was it was amazing um, what was the falcon flying over uh, it was Hoth it was, oh it was that's like, uh, Malcolm Tween Malcolm Tween yeah okay yeah. Um, yeah. There we go. Malcolm Tween. Yeah, I just found one here, and I, man, I would love to get a copy of this print uh, if it's up on StarWarsShop.com. I probably will at some point. Um, yeah. Because it was just one of those pieces of art that was like, this is, it really captures Star Wars in a way that that um, few of few artists can. Yeah. So. Um, Cool. So yeah, if if uh, if you didn't get the opportunity or you didn't get to go to Celebration Five, there's tons of stuff in the in the StarWarsShop.com store now. Um, so uh, so you know you didn't you, you didn't completely miss out on your opportunity to pick stuff up. I'm just looking at it right now. And yeah, yeah. Essentially everything that was awesome that you would want is is in there. So. So it sounds like it was just uh, one of those trips of a lifetime for you guys uh definitely you really haven't said much that uh, that really disappointed you it sounds like everything kind of worked out really good so that is cool to hear um any any last uh things you guys want to mention before we wrap it up um this quote came from my girlfriend she thinks you know she's not super super into star wars but she loves she loves star wars but seeing all the different people from around the world there, she honestly believes that Star Wars is the key to world peace. That's what she said one day when we were at the convention. <laughs> yeah. You know, because yeah. she, like, saw the, the garrison map and saw all the different garrisons all around the world. She's like, come on now, Star Wars, it, it's the key to world peace. And I just thought that was hilarious. And I'm like, yeah. you know, it could be something to this. You may have something there. Yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah just crazy enough to work yeah. yeah what do you think mike anything uh anything else you want to hit before we sign I off just, i just want to thank everybody i, I want to thank all the listeners uh, of the podcast of Frontlines, because without you guys uh, 
I wouldn't have gotten press passes. I wouldn't have gotten the access that I got, the experience of getting to talk to all of these amazing people, the, the artists, the actors, uh, the 501st people, just everything. Um, I mean, I wouldn't have gotten to meet JC. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gotten to spend the weekend with Steve. Um, so just a huge thank you to everybody who listens to and supports the podcast. Um, because you guys make it worth doing and, and you make it uh, justifiable. It's a justifiable expense because I'm, I'm there for myself, but more than myself, I'm there for you guys. So, um, so thank you to yeah. everybody for that. Uh, a huge, huge, immeasurable thanks to everybody at Lucasfilm for just an unforgettable weekend and for uh, for really appreciating us fans. Not We're not pandered to, we're not, you know, treated like a, like a commodity and like something that they can just sell. Um, we're treated like fans, we're, we're treated with respect and especially um, to, uh, to everybody at, at uh, the, uh, the publicity side of things. Uh, to Tracy especially, who uh, who hooked us up with interviews, and uh, and she's the reason why you guys uh, get to hear all of these voices uh, in in the next episode, and why you got to hear the, the press conference and stuff. So um, I don't think that those people get enough props. Uh, there's a lot more people than just Dave and uh, the voice actors and George and you know Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and them. Yeah. They make Star Wars happen for us, and so. Um, if you guys ever get the opportunity while you are out uh, at WonderCon or any of these conventions, Star Wars fan days, you know, Comic Con, yeah. Comic Con, whatever, if you get the opportunity to meet the uh, the voice actors, you know, give them their props, say thanks, and then just really politely ask, hey, so who's responsible for you guys being here? And if and if they point somebody out. You go thank that person because those those actors are, are really uh, they're there in part because they want to promote their work, but they're also there because the people at Lucasfilm make sure that they're there and that we get uh, we get to meet with them and uh, and that we get access and stuff. So they are just as big a deal as as the uh, the actors and the artists and everybody. So yeah, um, definitely. So make sure that you give them their the, their proper due. The unsung heroes, yes, definitely. Well, so I huge thanks to them. I'll have to say thanks on behalf of even more myself and the Frontlines listeners to you guys, uh, you JC for taking over for me and, and helping Mike as much as you could, and to Mike for kind of giving up some of your freedom, you know, at the celebration to to get some of this stuff for the Frontlines listeners. So I hope I can speak for, for everybody who listens to Frontlines for for what you guys did over there for us. And uh, rest assured that I will not miss anything else where you guys are going to be there or it's going to be a big fan thing. I will do whatever I can uh, just short of quitting my job to get there. <laughs> but uh, um, before we go, we need to – plug a few things as far as uh don't forget about our we got some more content like mike said coming up we got some interviews coming up uh in the meantime mike uh, 
I guess we'll send them over to the uh, clonewarspodcast.com website. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you can head over to clonewarspodcast.com. There's some pictures and that sort of thing from C5 on there. Um, I'm working to get more content on a regular basis other than just the podcast. Uh, but we're also trying to get StarWarsDaily.com up and running. So um, now, if if the experience that JC and I have described this this episode has got you inspired to uh, to get out there and do some press related stuff uh, for Star Wars, I'm gonna give you guys a little shortcut because we really really need some writers for Star Wars Daily. I've got a few people that have agreed to do stuff. But uh, but we really need a, a bigger crew. So, if you want to be a member of the press for Star for Star Wars Celebration Six, then you need to get on it now and start writing stuff for Star Wars Daily. It's it's your best opportunity to get to take part in the uh, in a similar experience to what we got. Because next time around, uh, we're going to do this even better than how we did it this time. Next time around, we are going to take video cameras. We're going to take yeah. professional recording equipment we're gonna we're gonna do it right um i got to see how everybody else does it and and really got insight into uh into just what it takes to do a professional job of this reporting thing so um so if you are at all interested that is your motivation because we're we're not paying anything, but the uh, the experience is invaluable if you do want to get into writing and uh, and there's opportunities every once in a while and you never know. I mean, if you live in the San Francisco area, uh, then the next time they do a press event, we might be sending you out there to report on it uh, in, instead of uh, you know me having to fly somewhere or something like that. You know, or if you if you live. Uh, near where they do Star Wars fan days, wherever that is. Uh, Steve mentioned it. I, I can't recall. But I, it's in Dallas, I believe. Yeah, in Dallas. So if you look Texas. out that way, uh, or you're close or nearby, and you can make it out there, and you want to get out there and report on it, um, get involved. Get involved with CloneWarsPodcast.com and get involved with StarWarsDaily.com. Um, I, I sort of, I'm apprehensive to say, but I want to be, you know, the next uh, Force.net. That's not to say that the Force.net uh, needs to be toppled or anything like that. Uh, I'd rather be complimentary to what they offer over there. Mm -hmm. uh, just like we're kind of, I, I, I see us as complimentary to the Forcecast um, and to their, their Clone Wars roundtable. So um, Star Wars Daily, I definitely want to be something that's complimentary to the rest of the Star Wars community but I'd also like us to be just as big. So uh, I can't do that by myself, and I need some help from you guys. Yeah. So if you, uh, you want to be involved, you can hit me up at mike at clonewarspodcast.com, or uh, if it's for Star Wars Daily stuff, uh, you can hit me at uh, mike at starwarsdaily.com. And uh, you can always get Matt at matt at starwarsdaily.com, or at... Sorry, Matt at CloneWarsPodcast.com. Yes. And uh, and you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash CloneWars. Uh, we are lighting up the Twitter lately. Uh, it's it's been of more use. Um, and, uh, and, and one of the best ways to stay in touch with us is over on Facebook, facebook.com slash CloneWarsPodcast, to uh, become a fan of 
front lines, and uh, and from there you can find the uh, the Star Wars Daily fan page as well. So um, yeah, that's everything. And don't forget to check out our brand new forums at forum.starwarsdaily.com. There's a whole frontline section in there, and there's a section for every one of the movies and the Clone Wars, and collecting and everything. So uh, tons of good stuff. You know, it's this is this is now our place on the net to talk Star Wars. Yeah, uh, we're we're no longer hitchhiking with uh, with with the uh, Geek Out Loud forums or anything else. Yeah, uh, we have our own place, so let's uh, let's make it worth it. And, yeah. Uh, so over there and get in on the conversation, and uh, and we can get back to having you know forum posts of the week. Um, Definitely from you guys, and uh, and you know what, we got season three coming up, and we haven't gotten a lot of email lately, so uh, so jump on the email, everybody, get in there and communicate with us. Yeah, we need yeah, definitely. So that we can talk to you guys about stuff. I want to know what you guys think of everything from Celebration Five. Yeah, definitely jump on the emails. I mean, if you went to C5 or, I mean, if you're a fan of the show, you've obviously already seen the the trailer and all the new stuff coming out. So, uh, yeah, get a hold of us and let us know what you think and of the show and of everything. So we're getting ready to ramp up here for season three in about a month. So we're going to be kicking it off here. So I'm looking forward to it. Definitely. Definitely. Well, I, so I guess that's everything. We got it all covered. So thanks again for being with us, JC. Yeah. yeah thank, you guys. thank you so much for letting me uh, come on and let me take your place for the, the weekend there, Matt. So oh, yeah, uh, definitely. glad to help out anytime. Yeah. And, and you're also on the, you're also a moderator on the forums and I'll mention real yeah. quick. Uh, we got two other moderators, um, Kyle Avery, who is uh, Darth Slim who's helping us out on the forums as a moderator. And also, uh, I believe it's Jason Hunt, who is Boyd on the forums. Uh, thanks, guys, for for being diligent in our early existence. And uh, like I said earlier, we hope to keep it free of any uh, junk that's out there and, and make it yeah. fun for everybody. So, uh, yeah, there it is. Mike? Yeah, that's everything. So uh, just a quick thanks to Steve again for being on the show. Yeah. As well. And, uh, Good time. and thank you guys for listening because we wouldn't be here without you. Yeah. Uh, episode 50. This is a huge milestone. Happy a big 5 0. Yeah. So, uh, so here's to another 50. And, uh, and we'll keep doing it as long as you guys are listening. So, uh, yeah. So get ready. Uh, if you guys missed the last episode on our outro, we got, we got Obi Wan again. So, uh, so he'll take us out. And, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks. And we'll see you next time. Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Brought to you, of course, by StarWarsDaily.com. Of course, strong with you all, and it will be with you always. <laughs>